I'm sorry for saying you molested a hobbit. That's a terrible thing to say about a grandfather. <laughs> All right, go it was, ahead. It was a anachronistic joke because it actually wouldn't doesn't make any sense. Thank you. Yeah. You're Compliment right. accepted. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. This is episode number 330. Please make a note of it. <laughs> yes. You, wait, let, let them let him make oh, a sorry. note of it. Sorry. Have you done it? Yep. Great. Fantastic. Yep. Let's get on with the show. Uh, how are you I doing, I like that David? you left that extra long time for them to write it. Sort of like when you watch a silent film mm-hmm. and they have the intertitles and then it seems like it takes forever. Like you can read it three times <laughs> and you're like... Did people in the 1920s read really slowly? Yes. I don't. I guess they I would did. say so. I guess yeah, they did. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. I would like it if they came back from those titles and the people are just waiting and like surprised <laughs> by like, oh, we're back? <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. I wonder uh, if that was a gig. Or that must a, have been used once. I would think like at some point it where a guy, like, you know, here's the joke I would mm. do if I was doing a silent movie. Okay. It'd be a guy and he's having a... a, a silent a, movie two, Mel Brooks. Oh, let's not do that. No, that's fine. <laughs> who was the only person who uh, spoke in that? One person had a line... I know, I know who movie. it is, and I, but I can't. Oh, Marcel Marceau. There you go. That's the famous. I knew, I knew it was a person who pretty good not joke. Only talk. Yeah, pretty good, good joke. Pretty good. Okay, here's what I do if I had a silent movie. I wanted to do a joke. This is my joke. It's a, uh, it's a guy, a Buster Keaton type. Let's go with that. Oh, sure. Okay, Buster Keaton type. I like it. And he's, uh, he's out on a date with a pretty lady, a pretty Ooh. lady, and mm-hmm. he's so nervous he doesn't know what to say, mm-hmm. and so he's just uh, continuing drinking water, and he keeps pouring water and drinking water, See? pouring water and drinking water, yeah. and then at a point he goes like, oh, I really got to go to the bathroom, and he's like. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So he just like reads something really long. And then like when the title comes up, he just takes off <laughs> in the hopes that that would give him enough time. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I don't think they did much bathroom humor in those days. You know what? I, I bet they did, but you haven't seen it. Oh, I, uh, they, did a lo- they did a lot of a lot of things and a lot of things got. You, you saw, you're seeing the best of the best. La creme you're de right. La creme. You're right. Because I there think was I fart read... jokes, there was bathroom <laughs> jokes, there were boner jokes, mm-hmm. there was there was nudity, there was everything back then. You just don't see it, you know, at uh, three in the afternoon in the Harold Lloyd retrospective. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read somewhere that ninety percent of silent films were lost. So sounds about right. So even even ones that were not that great that were preserved, even ones that were really great have not made it down to us. Yeah. We almost lost all of Buster Keaton's films, for instance. Oh, how did we lose those? What, what saved them? Well, it was interesting because uh, what saved them was the fact that he uh, was a drunkard and he lost his house. Mm-hmm. And it was bought by James Mason at some point. All and right. Mason Could you found- tell the rest of the story as James Mason? <laughs> Could I do that? Yeah. Do it as That's James Mason, David. Book. Tell me the rest of the he story. He found this room that was not <laughs> known. I really can't. I don't know if I can do it, James uh, Mason. All right, I'm gonna, and I'll do Buster Keaton, <laughs> which means I'll just be silent during your, during your story. Um, <laughs> but you know, he found this projection room that was, that was unknown. Like, no one knew that there was this room that was kind of hidden, right. that, and it contained all of Buster Keaton's films in it. Wow. And they had been preserved because it was they were kept at a proper temperature, and it was the, so. So he returned them to Buster Keaton. Now Keaton took those and just threw them into his carport, <laughs> and they were sitting in his sitting outside in the elements. And this young fellow who came was a big fan and came to visit Buster yeah. Keaton one time in the fifties found all these films. Oh my gosh! They were sitting there, and oh they're all God. on the, you know they're all in the stock that would yeah explode would explode. And so he saw these, and he. Basically rescued. He took them all away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, this guy, his name was Raymond Rohauer, and he was basically the person who created like the Buster Keaton Film Festival and stuff like that. In some ways, he was honorable. In some ways, he was a bit of a jerk. But at least we have them. Let's give him the. Yeah, so let's thumbs up to him, and also yeah. for uh, for James Mason, who did the original preserving of them and put them all in a safe place, which is where we got the mason jar from. That's right. Yes, right. James Mason, well known. Yeah, inventor of the mason jar. <laughs> That's where he made That's most right. of his money. He made all of his money. That's why he could do select films. <laughs> you know, like he didn't do a lot of junk. He basically did like, as you say, the crumb, looks like you're making crumb. some pickles. You know what you could use? This specific jar that I normally use for preserving film. Hey, hipster, you look like you want to have a drink of alcohol, but in an uncomfortable glass. Because glasses are too simple. How about this? That's right. You don't want a handle on your glass of beer. What you want is to hold it in your hand and make it warm like the British. Like That's it. right. Hey, is that some loose sea salt? Well, let me tell you, fella. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the things you put in a mason jar. Well, you've got pickles? Yeah. I mean, you could go through all the pickles. Is that a things. Japanese fighting fish? <laughs> Let me give you two of these jars, put them uh, facing each other, drive ah, them nuts. That's right. What is this, a James Bond film? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Wow. James Mason would have made a great uh, Blofeld. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but then it's like, you know, I'm Bond, James Bond. I'm Mason, James Mason. Well, I'm well, Bond, he, James Bond. Blofeld. I am Mason, name Mason. He's not playing James Mason. He's playing Blofeld. <laughs> no, nah, he was always playing James Mason. Even when he was, uh, anyone, anyway, he had another name. He was still James Mason. Let's, let's, let's be honest about it. <laughs> Same like Sean Connery. Sean Connery was not playing James Bond. He was playing Sean Connery. He didn't introduce himself as Sean Connery. Mm, yeah, I know. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, but the rest of the movie was done as Sean Connery. But you can say the same with all of the actors, up, up, up to, mm -hmm. I guess, when, I guess only two of the actors. Roger Moore played Roger Moore. Sure. Everyone else played some version of, uh, everyone else has played a version of James Bond. Yes. Even Pierce Brosnan. Sure. The whiniest, gruntiest James Bond. He is the gruntiest, sure. Do you think he's the whiniest? Yes. He's the one who shows the most pain and the most, like, he just feels like, a lot of times he's like wincing. Oh, it's really sore. Ugh. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to go Daniel Craig does a lot of pain. Does he? Yeah, he really plays the pain up a lot. Mm. Yeah. And the emotion and the feelings. He's got a lot of sad on his mush. <laughs> and when he gets he hurt, says, he gets hurt. He just has a sad mush. Yeah, he does have a, a sad mush. He's the James. Yeah, he's the he's the one who, as they say, the, the very first thing, uh, made you feel it, did he? You know, it's like he feels it more than I think mm, the other James Bonds do. There you go. Yeah, he doesn't do the wisecracking afterwards, uh, how shocking bits as much. I since we're turning this into James Bonding, isn't it weird that the director of uh, Casino Royale, okay. which I would say is the best of the modern Bond Yeah, films. agreed. If not, period. Mm. And then... It's hard to it's hard to judge against the past. You can't, yeah, because you, you, you have to kind of let right. the, time, the I don't technology the time... Yeah, I don't want to smash the world's greatest grandpa mug and go, no! <laughs> you know, it's fine. <laughs> let's, let, let's let that stay on the shelf. <laughs> uh... But who also directed, I'd say, uh, the second, one of the second best, if not the best, uh, Goldeneye. Martin Campbell directed both those films. Mm. But if you look at his filmography, it's just a desert, except for those two stellar mm. films. Okay. Which I'm not familiar with the rest of his films, so. Could, well, there you go. He did, uh, <laughs> I'll give you one that he All did. All right, please give me Here's one. one that you, and you're, you're going to love it. All right. You're going to love this movie. Sure. In fact, you're going to say Dave, underrated classic. Okay. Green Lantern. <laughs> okay. Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern. Green Lantern to me. Here's here's the thing about Green Lantern and Daredevil. Uh oh, uh, here it comes, folks. Underrated classic. This is the this is the this is the two things that both those films did. 
Sorry, Daredevil with Ben Affleck? Daredevil with Ben Affleck okay. and Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Here's here's what happened with both those films. Completely. Okay. Completely both those films. Okay. Here's what happened. The sidekick went, fuck, I can do better than this Wait, when I direct. So that would be John Favreau, who went on to direct Iron Man. Who is he? He was ha- he was um Foggy Nelson in Daredevil. Okay. He was the wise cracking sidekick mm-hmm. to uh to Daredevil. Okay. And uh oh forget the fella's name, but he directed Thor Ragnarok. He was the wise cracking T- sidekick. Waititi? Yeah, he was the wise cracking sidekick to Ryan Reynolds. He's the one who Ryan Reynolds shows the suit to and goes, Look, really? check me, I'm I'm out and he's making the wise cracking remarks through the whole thing. Really? Yeah. And so in both those cases, the wisecracking sidekick is is there cashing a check, doing the wisecracking, going, you know, if I was directing this, you know what I'd do? (laughs) And then cut two years later, oh, and you did, and you were right, and you saved these uh, franchises that were dead, pretty much. Because Iron Man... Who who thought that was going to work? But yeah, he it wasn't made it really work. a dead franchise. It wasn't even alive yet. So well, the idea of doing a Marvel movie that works, unless you were Blade, mm. yeah. was kind of a dead idea. Uh, you know, you were going like, "Hey, Fantastic Four, hey, that's great." Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. and even Blade, Blade had already, you know, played three. You know, and then you know, uh, then you got uh, Tycho doing Thor, and everyone was like, "Ah, eh, another Thor movie." And then it was like another Thor movie. That was a really good movie. Meanwhile, everyone the leads, who, everyone who hadn't yet seen a Tycho Waititi movie, was yeah, there. the leads both went, "Oh, I get what I fucking did wrong." Let me be another superhero again. Ben Affleck, uh, Batman, and uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, uh, Deadpool. So in both those movies, it was like uh, it felt like a little. Uh, Do you think Ben Affleck say, is a very good Batman? No, I don't think he's a very good Batman. Oh. But I think like he went, oh, I know what I did wrong. I'm going to fix it next time I do. I was too jokey in this one. I'm going to be more somber in oh, okay. the next one. I get it. And uh, and Ryan Reynolds was like, opposite. I was too reverent. <laughs> I'm going to be just like bananas in the next one. Yeah. But both of them felt like sneak previews for the next movie or our dress rehearsal dress for the next movies better, yeah. that they, they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taika was like, oh, if you're going to have a bunch of aliens on a planet, make it fun. Why is Oa no fun? Uh, all right, if I go to a planet, it's going to be fun. And yeah. then he went to a, whatever, saw a car, Sargar, or whatever it was, David Sarsgaard. Uh, <laughs> and it was a totally fun planet. Yeah. Yeah. So both those movies very similar in that uh, they had people that uh, learned from those movies and made better movies. I'd say Batman, uh, Batman v Superman, as much as I don't like it, is a better movie than Daredevil. Though not a better movie than Daredevil, uh, the extended cut. Uh, you add a little Coolio in there, it actually works out better. Uh, surprising, but true. Hmm. Yeah. I know, it's it's tough to explain, but uh, they flesh it out more, and it gives it more balance, and it plays out better. And you go like, well, oh. I, maybe you can't just do a good Daredevil. And then the Netflix series comes on, and you go, yeah, I guess you can. The end. I'm going to do what everyone listening to you is going to do, and that All right. is take you at your word. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. Again. Fair enough. Uh, you know what? I just want to make a, a brief... I don't know what I want to, what to call it. I just want to late, stop the show dead in its tracks. Sure, sure. So to kill all the momentum that we've built up so far. Okay, sure. And I just want to plug uh, our signing at Kids Books. No, I want to. Um, <laughs> I want to retroactively uh, send out. A th- Are we just doing that monthly now? Yeah. Are we just going? Yeah. There? Uh, it <laughs> has been about a month since uh, since uh, not the signing, but a month since the book came out. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, we're talking about Sparks. By Sparks, it's a book where. Are you talking about it. Sparks? The book uh, written by Ian Boothby. Mm-hmm. Uh, art by Nina Matsumoto and colored by David Debrick. I think we didn't we do Dog Man? Isn't that I ours? Think that's ours. Diaper Baby. Yeah, <laughs> Dog Man and Diaper Baby. Uh, On the Poop Patrol. 
That's right. Kids love toilets. That's right. Why don't I just have a book up? Like, how about this? Shitty McPants. <laughs> Coffee table book of toilets. Mm-hmm. Just give that to kids. They yeah. love it. Like, how you feeling, toilety? This is flushed. <laughs> really flushed. <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> no, not really. So, no, I want to send out sure. a, a thank you. Thank you from the past, the future me to the no. That doesn't make any sense. I just want to say thank. I don't even know if he listens to the show anymore. But I'm going to say Pierce uh, Johnson. I just want to thank you for a couple of Christmases ago. You sent me some shoes, uh, some runners, and I've been wearing them ever since. I've been wearing them faithfully. Uh, they've been my daily walking around shoe. Yeah. For ever since whatever that was. Was it not this past, but the Christmas ago? Okay. Christmas 2016. Would that be? I don't know. Anyway. Right. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for them. They have done me yeoman's work. They've been really great, sho- really great shoes, but they're gone now. I'm wearing them today because it's uh, sunny out. Okay, but I cannot wear them in the rain because the toes leak. Oh, okay. They've, they've, I've worn, I've worn away uh, like part of the, the, the. But they're going to a better place. The pretend leather. They were vegan shoes, so they don't. They're not made of actual animal products. Okay. So there's no leather or anything in them. No. That's why the only, only meat in them me. is your feet. That's why they only lasted me a year and a half. Right. Um. That was really? pretty. That was a pretty good line. I just said that. You, yeah, uh, I know. Just, but I just glanced over. I liked mine too so Did much you? that All I. Right, we both enjoyed it. Let, let's give ourselves joke. both a pat on the back <laughs> and continue. There we go. There, nice. All right. Good job. Good job, me. Good job, me. Continue. Uh, well, that's all I wanted to say. Just a thank you because you know, for someone to send you an, an asked for gift that they bizarrely knew my foot size. Well, uh, you can tell from your voice. Oh, the size of my feet. Yeah, the resonance in your mm, voice. Yeah, you can still, tell. Glad. Uh, if you're really into shoes, if you're like really someone into like shoes. our okay. friend Branwyn Bigglestone, mm. uh, who's really into shoes, yeah. she would be able to tell from just That's your true. voice. She has told me this as my feet, and she was she was exactly right. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thanks because these have lasted me forever, and I've got, you know I've now I've got to find a new pair, but that's that's all right. I can do that. In fact, I saw a pair of Sacconi, the the name of runners that he he got me um, at a shoe store nearby where we're where we are right oh, now. Oh, okay. So I might uh, head over there one of these one of these days and uh, pick up a second pair because I like this pair that much. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks to our listener for for that. On the other hand, I also saw some vans there that had uh, peanuts on them. The peanuts, not peanuts, right. not the food. No, not you the, can't have not that. Not the legume because no, there's you can't allergies. Have, yeah, so many aller- foot yeah. allergies people would have. <laughs> people would, people would Their feet to... would swell up and never be able to get the shoes on. That's right. So uh, yeah, they had peanuts one. So uh, you know that's another option for me. I don't know if they'd have them in men's. They'd probably be like. Men want to wear those kind of shoes? I do. No. They're not. I'm an unusual fellow. And they'll say, let's measure your feet. And you go like, just listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, ten and a half. <laughs> I gave it away again. No, that's fine. But no, yeah. that's also nice because that means other people will now send you shoes because mm. they know what size your feet are. <laughs> okay, ten yeah. and a half. They don't know their address anymore. They do. Well, oh, I'm, I, I'm sure they can hunt it down. Mm. If they've got access to Google, I think, they, <laughs> uh, I think they'll be able to hunt it down. That is not the hardest Ooh. thing in the world. I didn't think about that. <laughs> forgot about google yeah well you're in the phone book that's the thing the f- that's, that's true I am in the phone you're one book. of the few people i know that's still in the phone book it's yeah. uh it's neat i like being in the phone book i know then people can call you sure, and phone fine. you with the scams that's fine that's funny well the nice thing is you get the scams early and then uh, you get to report on <laughs> them and, right. and then by the time everyone's um, talking about them mm-hmm. it's uh it's like oh yeah D- remember when dave did that episode about the scam it's like oh yeah 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 good old dave with the scam <laughs> yeah right I'm, on board i'm you know i'm low in the alphabet so i, I get them early on oh that's true mm-hmm. that does make sense okay yeah. fair fair enough and fair enough uh what was i going to oh yeah uh, so anyway pierce thank you yeah pierce thank you very much uh there's a car but where's out- your 50 bucks he gave you what? Long gone. But I've been wearing these shoes forever. Did he give me $50? Yeah. 
Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Was it for something or just as a gift? It's Christmas, yeah. Oh, he just gave me 50 bucks? Yeah. Why did I forget that? I'm so sorry. Thank you for the $50. <laughs> uh, I must have spent it on something that made me forget. Probably alcohol then. <laughs> that makes sense. That's what you get. You know, when you give a guy like me 50 bucks, I'm going to spend it on booze and, uh, and, and forget to write you a thank you note. What a, what a dink I am. Whereas Dave will give you a thank you note years later. Oh, I thanked him at the time, but I'm, oh, just, very good. So I'm it's rethanking. A double thank. It's a rethank. All right. Uh, we did our little Sparks plug. Uh, oh, Sparks plug. Man, I love that. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Uh, if you get a chance to buy the book, please do. I thought that it might have fallen off of the uh, Canadian charts this, this week, but the Canadian charts actually didn't come out. I was reading an old chart by mistake. So uh, who knows? We may still be on the uh, Canadian top charts oh, really? for you were kids. Reading the wrong, uh, I was reading the wrong uh, uh, one. Because here's the thing about funny. Canadian book sales charts, Dave. Let me tell you about them. Okay. They come out late. And not yeah. just late, as in late with... in the week. Yeah. Later every subsequent week. Oh, is that right? Like, it just keeps going forwards. It just keeps... Maybe it's not weekly. It is weekly. I don't think so. It's weekly-ish. I think they work on a... On a... Could be like a every eight days, every nine days. It's strange, but uh, yeah. Except for the Globe and Mail. Globe and Mail does theirs every week, but I don't check theirs out because they want me to pay. Mm. And so I say to that, no. As far as I know, Canadian... Uh, book charts mm-hmm. like you know sellers list come out uh web by eckley web by eckley yeah okay is that the guy who does them web by eckley <laughs> no that's that's that is the is he a system. polish gentleman that's system so they come out one and a half weeks every one and a half weeks oh okay approximately but because a week is seven days it's they can either be you know we know that week, this week is seven be days because that was an old cbc show and it, i am looking at a cbc chart it could be 10 days it could be 11 days okay so it falls in between there oh it's so it's very confusing mess. So, but i don't want to i don't want to put them down because uh listen we're on the chart right now and so yeah. let's just play it cool sure now number one is still uh the 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 marrow oh was it thieves it the marrow thieves that's right uh which or is it thief thieves i think i think okay. plural uh, and that just got voted off Canada Reeves, Reads this week. Oh, really? So. Didn't last very long. Well, that only lasted a couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, did it, did, did that push it down the charts? We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the other thing I know about our, our. Any promotion is good promotion. This is the other thing I, I'm, I'm, I'm finding out about our sales. Okay. Uh, I, I, you know what? Listen, I'm peeling the orange for these people. I'm letting them know because I'm learning as you're learning. I don't know how this works. Okay, I've got no idea how it's selling. Uh, what but, kind of orange is it? What's that? What kind of orange? Mandarin. That's easy. Anyone could peel a mandarin orange. It's not impressive at all. Oh, is it supposed to be a difficult orange to yeah, peel? Yeah. What's the most difficult one to peel? Probably a navel. That one you need. A like... navel? You've got the navel to start you off. That's the easy bit. No, you but get it, your thumb in there. So that's easy. got a damn navel. It's got a starting point. No, but you cannot peel it but with your hand. It's very difficult. And compared to like a mandarin or a clementine or a miniola and those kind, those okay, are all so very easy. So we want a difficult orange to you're, peel. Yeah. Right? If you're talking like if you're boasting over here about how you're I'm not boasting peeling the layers I'm of the onion sharing. peeling the I'm orange sharing a delicious mandarin orange with these folks <laughs> let them know how it works mm. okay here's what I here's what I've sort of found out do you think mandarin oranges are delicious oh I quite do uh, you know why because uh, we just got some recently Pia was like hey uh, pick up mm. some uh, mandarin oranges I'm like mandarin oranges do those sell at this time of year <laughs> I go to the store I get them they're a little bigger than the tiny ones you get at okay. Christmas okay. and uh, my gosh they are good mm. So good. And you don't feel like a, like, oh, I've, had, I've got too much orange. You know, you got like enough orange, right? And you're fine. And if you share it, I never felt that way. I oh, a, when you have like a big orange, you're I like, oh, I got to work my way, way through this. That's weird. This pumpkin. That's it's so, so much deep. orange. I think you're eating a grapefruit, mistaking it for an orange. I can't eat a grapefruit. I, I that, would, that would counteract a medicine in mine. I would be uh, very in a lot I of have, trouble. I have an orange every day. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you going to say? 
Aren't you glad you didn't have a banana? <laughs> I, don't, what it, I don't like bananas. Of course you don't. But do you like the joke? It's okay. Okay. <laughs> That's another one. You are familiar with the knock-knock joke. Good for you. <laughs> but here's what I've uh, kind of found out. My is, one is knock-knock. Who's there? Interrupting podcast co-host. Inter- okay, <laughs> go on with you. <laughs> okay, how about this one? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, knock-knock. Who's there? Suspenseful podcasting co-host. Suspenseful podcasting co-host. Who's, I mean... Wait, sorry. Suspenseful uh, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Who? Knock, knock. Who's there? Suspenseful podcasting co-host. Suspenseful podcasting co-host who? We'll tell you next week. Oh, nice. Cliffhanger. Um, and that's how cereal works. No, you what forgot, I've... Forgot the vocal fry. That's <laughs> really sell cereal. That's, that's, that, that is true. Uh, that guy's getting a new trial. Anyway. Um, nice. So... Uh, I've been trying to figure out all the codes and whatever and whatnots when I look at uh, things. And if, if you go to the kids book site, uh, or you go to, uh, like, uh, like a book warehouse site, okay. uh, website, uh, they've got the listing there and they had the same little red number next to it. And I was like, what's that number all about? And it was, oh, like, that's oh, was last like, there, week's number. There was like five, uh, bars. Mm. And sometimes, you know, with other books, it's like two bars, it's yeah. three bars, and we're five bars. Oh. And our, and we fluctuate, oh. we fluctuate between 109 and 142. Oh. And that's the number apparently, uh, that we are on the Canadian sales chart. Oh, I so, see. So we are like the 109th book huh. in sales. Yeah. Which you go, eh. But then you go, there's a lot of books in a bookstore. That's yeah, pretty yeah. good. That's pretty good. So, and then you go like, well, let's look at it, compare it to other books. Ah, it's pretty good. So, yeah. uh, so far, so good in Canada. Uh, I have no idea how it's selling in the States. Uh, some people have like written me and said they, they got it there and they liked it and that's fine. But if you're American, <laughs> let me say, buy a couple of extra for, for fun. Just for fun. It's fun. It's fun to have extra books. Mm-hmm. And people go, why you got so many of that book? And then you'll go like, uh, cause it's fun. That's what you tell them. It's nice. Well, thanks for peeling that orange. You know what I say? I say you buy one of the... What? Delicious oversized orange. You buy a spare copy of mm-hmm. Sparks. Yeah. You, you carve out a hole in it. You yes. hide your money in there. Oh, good idea. Yeah. But don't, when you're doing it, don't let your brothers walk in and see you doing it. Because they'll know. <laughs> Is that what you did? That happened to me, yeah. I had a book. It was something like, something rather adventure. It was like a book of short stories about adventure, which I did not like very much. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, took a knife, probably not a very good knife, and I started cutting the pages out of it. Yeah. And uh, my brothers walked in where I was doing it. Uh, that was it. That well, was it. They knew my little plan. Let me make this suggestion to people. And I might... But here's I, the... Can I just, go, oh, I would love to add one thing, though. One more thing. If you know I had what? just Let's taken... Let's find out next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, no, I'll tell you next week. No, 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 please. What, no, what no. happened? If I had taken my books on the bookshelf and moved them back four, four inches, mm-hmm. so I had a uh, cavity behind them and just put stuff back there, and they never would have found them anyway because they never read books. So... They were, I didn't need to co- co- cut a hole in it, but it was a cool right. idea, though. Right. Having a book with a hole so in it. So instead, you just hid it in your pornography and went, they'll never look they'll at never this. They'll never look here. The next day, it was gone. <laughs> Here's where I would. Uh, one more thing. Oh, my God. This is just a thank you. Oh, my God. This is a thank you. More thank yous. Another thank you to uh, sneakers out there who have been reviewing uh, pornography. Pr- <laughs> reviewing pornography and also Sparks. Really saves us some time. And also Sparks. <laughs> On uh, Amazon.com and Amazon UK, UK and, stuff and like Amazon that. CA. We appreciate it. We appreciate it because uh, it people, lets people, other people know how good Sparks is. And, if, and we, yeah, we do really appreciate that. And good reviews, like, and not as in like, good reviews, yay, you like it. But good reviews and well written reviews. Nice yeah. job. Thoughtful. Yeah. Well done. Uh, they probably like spent like half an hour like racking their brains trying to think like a like jackie a good... moon going like positively uh... delightful book which i think was what she used as her title okay but wait guys don't slack off on the titles 
<laughs> you know, uh, work on those uh, pun titles. Uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> well, Ian suggests one for you: a real Sparks plug. Yeah, there you go. There you are. That's great. Um, who was uh, who was the? Uh, oh boy, remind me that we're going back to where to hide things in books. But uh, <laughs> who was the cartoon character who who had like a horse named Spark Plug? That Barney oh, Google. Barney Google. Yeah. There you go. We're doing a little tribute to Barney Google with uh, with our book there. Um, hiding things in books. Yes, hiding things in books. Here's my tip to you. And okay. guys, don't don't tell this to anyone. This is just us Sparksers, okay? This is <laughs> sneakers. Uh, yeah, and Sparksers. <laughs> I'm just telling it to people who bought Sparks. Oh, okay. Our regular listeners, this is the bonus, special bonus for just people who bought Sparks as well. Okay, sneakers, okay. you're also on board. <laughs> sneakers and Sparksers. Um, is uh, you know where people never look when it comes to books? Oh, nowadays. Um, that's right, Dave. The yellow pages. You get them <laughs> delivered. Now Dave uses them because he's an old timey cat. <laughs> but the rest of us get them delivered. Mm-hmm. They just sit there. What are they doing? They're just sitting there. Sometimes the cat sits on it. That's about it. Maybe some shoes <laughs> get thrown I, on it when I, it's muddy. To be honest, I put mine away in a cupboard, but okay. Sure. You know what? Put it away in a cupboard. Sounds great. But what you do before you do that, cut a little hole in the middle okay. and put your stuff in there. Sure. No robbers come over. Yeah. Are robbers going to go, I better look in that yellow pages? <laughs> Never. What if they want they a pizza? They will avoid it. What if they want a pizza? And they want to order a pizza? Yeah. Uh, they call 222222. It's the best pizza in town. Isn't that still good pizza? <laughs> it was when we were kids. I don't even think it is pizza. I don't think it was good then. I don't, remember. I don't think it was good then, but, <laughs> but it was an easy number to remember. I frankly don't remember having if it. If you want a pizza, you've remembered the number already. Don't worry about it. I think everyone that. had it once. By the way, they were ordering it on their damn phones. They're just going like to the Pizza Hut app. They're dialing. They go, boop, 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 Domino's, whatever, boop, 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 Little mm. Caesars, whatever they're doing. Uh, anyway, by Leave the way, speaking, speaking of Caesars, mm-hmm. I hope everyone had a nice Ides of March. Okay. Um, but yeah, cut a little hole in your uh, yellow pages yep. and then uh, put it in there. And uh, no one's going to look in there. And that's your uh, that's your little saver point. No one will. No one. No thief. No matter how. you know. Listen, when I got robbed, they stole my stamps. That was how jerk-ass they were and how thorough they were. But no one looked, rumbled through my yellow pages. So uh, so there you go. They probably stole the coupons that are in, in the yellow pages. Do they have coupons in the yellow they pages? They do have coupons in the yellow pages. Are thieves thrifty? Apparently so. They took your stamps. Well, no. They're just going to mail letters, like bragging about the good score <laughs> they got. You really think they're going to mail letters? Well, what are you going to do with stamps? That's all you do with stamps. Like, don't know, like, mail, mail a postcard you, to like, other thieves. Can't you? Don't try. To, uh, to the League of Thieves. Don't stamps have some sort of value to them? Like, don't they have a built-in value? I only ask this because... Like, where you could go to a place and, like, cash in those well, stamps? Well, here's the thing. When Lisa's great-grandfather was thrown out of New Zealand, um, he tr- put all his wealth into stamps. Are we allowed to ask why he got thrown out of New Zealand? He was a... For was molesting a, a hobbit. He was a, book, <laughs> he was a bookmaker. Oh, I'm sorry. For a long time, she was told as a child and as an Everyone likes adult, books. What's the problem? Mm-hmm. Uh, she was told that he was a, in publishing. I'm sorry for saying he molested a hobbit. That's a terrible thing to say about a grandfather. <laughs> All right, go it was, ahead. It was a anachronistic joke because it actually wouldn't doesn't make any sense. Thank you. Yeah. You're Compliment welcome. accepted. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> I didn't say. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. <laughs> I did not say anarchical. Thank you so much. All right. Um, <laughs> and so. That she, made me happier than a new pair of shoes. <laughs> wow. Well, you're, you're welcome. No, Thank I, you. I'm going to pat myself on the back for making you so happy. <laughs> um, no, for a long time as a as a child growing up and as a as a young adult, she was always told that her great grandfather, who she knew, yeah, um, was uh, in was in publishing in New Zealand, 
And then when she met some relatives from the distant side of her great-grandfather's family, they said, oh, no, he was a bookmaker. Mm. That's why he had to leave New Zealand is because he, he uh, had made a lot of money and the government got really angry that he was, you know, this running this illegal operation. So he, but he, so he left the country. Oh, he left the country. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I, I was thinking like. The country th- didn't leave him. Well, that's the thing. They couldn't banish him. Like, you know. Oh, no, no. Get out. You I, know, and they, and uh, they, and because uh, like, where are you going to go? I think, yeah, I think they made Put him too, in a boat and send him off. I think they made it too hot for him to, uh, made it too hot right. to hold him there. So he left, but what, well, I know that he took his money and he, and he put it into, he bought stamps. Okay. He bought books of stamps and he brought those over with him. And so now to me, that doesn't make any sense if you're just going to buy books of stamps that they have no, you know, if they have no monetary value. Why would you then put all your money into the stamp? It seems like that's how he got his money out of the country. I think the old timey days they did have value, and okay. you could take them to the bank and like get yeah. money for them. I think that was this okay. case in the old timey days. Mm. So that's where the expression came: you can take it to the bank. Yeah, that's where the expression came from, you and can you can stamp st- on it. Yeah, <laughs> stamps to the, you can take it, take it to the bank and stamp on it. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever have uh, someone do that when you were a little kid? Come up to you and go like, uh, "Hey, do you ever uh, you, you gonna you gonna mail a letter one day?" And you go like. What? You gonna mail a letter one day? Okay. What? Yeah. You. Uh, Dave, yeah. you ever gonna mail a letter? And you go, Yeah. You're gonna need a stamp and they step on your foot really hard. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was because we didn't have video games back then. <laughs> <laughs> well you, you can put down boredom, but it had its it had its values too. Yeah. Broken broken feet not and broken, broken dreams. Not just broken feet and broken dreams, but I think a lot of creativity comes out of boredom. Sure. Um, speaking of stamps, my uh, my accountant, who I have to go to shortly because it's tax time, mm. uh, meaning it th- when I go to my accountant yeah. at this time of tax, not my business tax, yeah. but, oh, but it is the same accountant, but for personal tax, yes, uh, where he goes, I'm so sorry. And it's like, no, it's okay. Most of the stuff goes through business. I'm still so sorry. All right. Yeah, whatever. Um, there's, a, there's a fella downstairs who sells <laughs> stamps. Okay. And he sells rare stamps. Okay. But he sells non-rare stamps. And the non-rare stamps are stamps no one wants. And so he sells Canadian stamps. Yeah, okay. Uh, but they're all weird, weird stamps. I can weird imagine. images and whatever, yeah, yeah. things that weren't that popular. Sure. Uh, but they're still valuable. Uh, like, they're of the value that they are. Yeah. But you get them for less than uh, the price less on than the, the stamp. Less than the face value. Less than the face value. Mm-hmm. So you buy a bunch of stamps and uh, have those through you. Do you, think, you do you think that comes from stamps, face value? Oh, I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. Listen, we, I don't want to say that our audience are nerds, but some nerds are in our audience. Yeah. Okay. Some are good people, but they do things like make uh, uh, make a, a Jello projects every week, things like that. And you know what? We're not judging them. They're no. good. They're good people. They're good people. Yeah. You, okay. It's, it's much more believable when you insist on it like that. They're good people. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But one of them must know the history of stamps. And uh, if you do know the history of stamps and uh, what we're talking about, please let us know. Well, I don't think we want the entire history of stamps. Yes, I do. I want the I want the entire. Who had the first stamps? <laughs> I just I just. What curious. do you think? How how far back do you I, think stamps go? Sixteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds? I think longer than I think sixteen hundreds. Your little house on the prairie, you, you Pony Express in it. Well, that's the, that's the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. 1800s. Well, like you're in England. When did uh, when did England have stamps? Oh, I, that's a good question. It's an excellent question, and one that I hope you guys can answer. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know that it was once very expensive to send letters and things like that. Right. Like, have you ever seen? Hey guys, if you do send us that information, we'll give you the answer. We'll give you the address later. I'll send you like a Simpsons comic or something if you give us uh, that answer. Uh, if you, you can find, like, you can find letters written, say, in the Victorian era mm-hmm. 
that have are crossed writing have crossed writing on them. Have you ever seen that? What is crossed writing? Well, they would write and then put a cross on it so a vampire they would can't write read horizontally. it horizontally. Okay. And then they would write vertically through the horizontal writing. Oh my God! How do you read that? Yeah, I don't. You can't. Like unless you are familiar with oh that. Oh my lord! Like I guess unless you grew up, it's kind of like doing an acrostic crossword puzzle. Like unless Did they you just run out of paper. It, no, it was expensive to send it. So you you would you could you would maximize the amount of of you know pa- paper you covered. Right. Just and then you just folded that one paper, and then it was very little to send that compared to sending two pages, which was exorbitant. I tried to handwrite a letter three days ago. Mm. What hard, a nightmare. Hard to do. I've got like, you'll see there's crumpled paper in the garbage. <laughs> there's like about six letters there. They're yeah, just yeah. like, and you get to the middle of it and then you make a mistake that's mm-hmm. so dumb. You go, and we're starting over because mm. I look like a fool. It's a common, uh, hey everyone, Adola Petrollop. It's a common, uh, not, not so common that you're bored of it, but it's a common part of a Trollop story that when someone is writing a, an important letter to someone else, say to a, to a lover or whatever, they, do a, they would write it out and then they would do a fair copy of it so mm. that they sent this pristine copy to that person that didn't have all the crossing out. That probably things. is the best way to, 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 to go about it. Yeah. But not do that cross bullshit. Well, oh the reason gosh. they did that was for economic reasons. No, no, I understand. Yeah, yeah. But still, oh. So oh, well. yeah, it was crazy. To try and read it is just... I mean, it, the problem, of course, is that reading anyone that you're unfamiliar with or handwriting is often yes. a very individual thing. Yes. Like, we still get to letters from Lisa's aunt in, in England, and her letters, to me, are indecipherable. But Lisa, who's grown up reading them, they're just completely decipherable. She can read them right away. And so I feel like a dope. But that's, I mean, I can parse them out if I stare at them long enough. But it's not an easy thing. Because, you know, your writing is very individual. Mm -hmm. Um, I have pretty good handwriting, but I imagine that, you know, densely written out on a page, it would start to, to like, all kind of go go move together and start to Well, my problem is when I'm halfway through doing my writing. You get tired. Well, you do get tired. One, yeah. you do get tired. Yeah, mm-hmm. your hand's like hurting like you're drawing something. Because you don't write very much. No. Uh, and I would think like I doodle a lot. And I do I do handwrite like a lot of stuff. Like I, I handwrite like almost every script that I do before I type it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, writing it properly and making sure that it's all mm-hmm. well spelled and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it gets all crippity crampity. But then you get like halfway through. And it's that thing where like if you said the word banana over and over again, it makes no sense. Mm. And you start realizing, oh, words are weird. And you get to you get there and like and you're like ah oh, my handwriting's weird yeah this is weird how i always make a p like that and then like ah oh, now i've screwed it up because i'm like i'm out of it i'm out of it now i'm like thinking about it too much i'm too into it you gotta like just not think about it and do it but still spell it right mm-hmm. Ugh, annoying and then you screw it up and like you didn't put the l in there and it's like well, i know how to spell this word but mm-hmm. clearly i do oh and I just feel like I got my grandfather <laughs> on my shoulder going, uh. he would always like uh, go over my spelling. Oh, really? Be really a harsh yeah. taskmaster. Uh, this is what you need. About spelling. This is what you need as a kid. Yeah. Was there anyone who was critical about you and your spelling? I have immaculate spelling, to be honest with you. Oh, that's good. Okay. Because I have... Spell immaculate, then. I-M-M-A-C-U-L-A-T-E. Um, I have... Um... That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think I spelled it. I-M-M-A-C-U-L-A-T-E. No, 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 no. no just coast. Yeah. Just coast. Okay. Just okay. coast. Uh, I, but the way my spelling, my way my spelling mind works is, is I see that it's wrong. As I'm writing it, if I do make a mistake, mm-hmm. it doesn't look right. Cause I, I have a weird, I don't have a photographic memory cause I, I don't, I don't have that good a memory, but I can, for some reason with the words, it, it works that I recognize them by sight. Mm-hmm. So if I spell it correctly, my mind goes next word. But if I spell it wrong, my mind goes, wait a minute. I think you got a wrong thing here. So, but yeah, I'm have pretty you ever good done at spelling. A spelling bee. I have done very well on spelling bees through my life. Yes. 
What is the most popular word to use at a spelling bee when I was in a, a anti-disestablishmentarianism? Child? But a very word to spell. It's a very easy word to spell because it's it spells how it sounds. Yeah. My favorite word to use was rhythm. That was the one that I would ask okay. people because that is a difficult word to spell. If I not. would not spell that correctly. R h y t h m. Right. All right. Spell woolen. W o o l l e n. Yes. Most people forget the uh, extra l. If you're American, you would have the extra L in it, actually. Ah, very good. So you get away with it. We're not American, are we? Because goddamn Webster. <laughs> Why do you hate that TV show so much? Not Webster, uh, the Webster of the Dictionary, not Emmanuel. And when Lewis. I said Webster, which TV show do you think I talked to? I, I think you're talking about Emmanuel Lewis. Was I? Ema- Webster. Well, sorry, sir. I was talking about Jack Webster, the TV show, <laughs> well, the Canadian TV oh, show. Oh well, we're still I agree with you then. Fuck him. <laughs> that on at 9 a.m. precisely. That stubborn, that guy, stubborn Scott Yeller. <laughs> I don't have a microphone. I don't think. He was a good journalist. He was a very good journalist. Uh, many awards are named after him, I think. Yeah. I think I think we we miss having outspoken journalists now. I think there are good journalists out there who do very nervy, uh, nervy reporting in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But I think we miss having an outspokenly. It feels like they've, uh, at least in the American side of things, they've turned over the outspokenness to the panelists. And yeah, so just you're, the pundits you're who gonna are different the, than You're yeah. going to be the straight guy mm-hmm. while all everyone around is going, man, <laughs> dumbing it down. Yeah, I'm not talking about pundits. I don't really care about that. Punditry is merely yeah. a lot of hot air blown at you at a, at a, a high speed. But uh, I'm talking about someone like Jack Webster or, or people like that who were very outspoken opinionated journalists they would still investigate a story yeah but they were also a personality and i think nowadays we don't really have the journalistic personality i mean i grew up there were people and i mean you know in, in newspapers or and on the radio who had a personality and it might have been an abrasive obnoxious personality and maybe you didn't want to work with that person mm-hmm. but um you at, at least there was something there in terms of you know what i always liked about those guys uh, and it was almost always guys well what's it Oh yeah, okay. Uh, there's other personalities, well, a bar- but they, a Barbara from sure a, a Barbara from. We'll give you that. But something uh, from that I always liked about all of them is they all seem to like they they're on the air. Yeah, they're doing their thing and uh, hammering it home. And but then you would see them on a talk show or in another environment or what have you, and they all had really good senses of humor. Mm. They're all very very sharp, and it, it made me kind of think like, oh, smart people are funny. That's <laughs> yeah, good. That's okay, true. all right. And, and they and they like a good they like a good laugh and they would laugh mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. I'm like that's that's good to know. More so than when you had actors on who seemed to always trying to be keeping uh keeping themselves looking cool mm-hmm. and uh, have that persona and a journalist just was like ah like a Jack Webster <laughs> would just like really laugh at something <laughs> dumb or Barbara Frum would really like when he made fun of her and it's like yeah, it's all fine. Yeah. 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 When Greg Malone would make fun of her. Mhm. It's so weird that her uh, son is David Frum. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it is weird. That's weird. He grew up in this sort of arch-liberal household, and he is arch-conservative. That doesn't seem weird. That what seems weird to me is that just she, she just seemed to have this energy, whereas he, I guess like, and especially now during the Trump era, he just feels like, uh, like, like a dementor is just on his back and is just sucking his soul out. And every time you see him, he's got more Nixon uh, five o'clock <laughs> shadow and, and lip sweat. And he's just like more mm. sunken eyed. And he's just like something really 
dark well, is happening let's, to him. Let's at least give him his props as someone who's spoken against Trump from the beginning and sure, still sure, speaks sure. out against him. A never... lot of people uh, – okay, let's give him props for speaking out against Trump at the beginning and staying Ste- against Trump, yeah, whereas a lot out. of people spoke out at the beginning yeah, yeah. and are now just uh, all on board. Yeah, yeah. No, he's still uh, – yeah. yeah. Like it was a Fast and the Furious movie, and it's like, <laughs> wait, didn't you hate this person in film four? Now you're best friends in film seven. I hope he gets a, some sort of reward, although I do not like him because of his uh, axis of evil uh, – what was it? Is that what it was? Something yeah. Like, something like that. that George had, Bush. Yeah, George the George axis Bush, of yeah, evil. Yeah. I didn't like that very much. I think that's a, a terrible I would like to ask thing. him if uh, that was that was something he put there that didn't think would stick, and then it really stuck, and he was like, oh, no. <laughs> but it, he probably couldn't, uh, couldn't say that. Or if he just felt, at the time, it <clears throat> felt like the thing to say, but I don't know. I just feel like... It's a, I've it's said a, it before, but I feel like... It's a dumb like, thing to yeah, say. I feel like everything post 9-11 was handled so badly... And I understand that everyone's emotions are at, at their most, but it seems like the worst time to be making a lot of decisions, you know, like a lot oh, of, yeah. a lot of like permanent de- decisions, you know, like, like after 9-11, you know, someone said, I'm going to get plastic surgery. You know, I'm going to get a giant tattoo. You know, this things like that, you know, like, no, let's just wait a while. A lot of people got married. Let's wait a while. Let's see how this falls out. A lot of people joined the army. A lot of people did a lot of things that, you know, had well, I did something, huge Well, I did something fairly extreme, and I got it, uh, like, actually on 9-11, Let's, and I've talked about this before. Sure, okay. I, 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 went, I went to Future Shop, and I got um, a, a digital box, and I got an extended cable package. Because, Dave, yeah. I knew that all the regular TV would have nothing but the buildings exploding <laughs> for a month, and I was like, I can't watch that over and over again. Mm. I need dumb channels to take my mind off this or i'm gonna go crazy okay and so i basically spent about a week watching the game show network and uh, and going back to the news when uh, you yeah, had to and mm-hmm. check it out but sure. then it was like i need a lot of charles nelson riley <laughs> stat i need i need to just like have huh. something dumb i need to be able to watch some nature channels i need to watch like a, a bird yeah. that's just like you know learn to fly i need to watch that shit because uh-huh. the internet wasn't providing me with that at yeah, the time yeah yeah, that's interesting. I've never had my morale drop that low. That you wanted to watch Charles Nelson Riley, yeah, or the game show. Oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> when I had cancer, I would watch uh, the Avengers a lot. Oh, okay, because that was played on Showcase, I think. Sure. Every, every day at a certain time, I think eleven in the morning or something, and I would watch that every day. Maybe that was my no. That's a good show to watch. My garbage show to watch. Yeah, there's been times where I've like been bummed. I shouldn't out. say garbage. I think it's no, actually no, no, a good no. show. There's been times when my... you know it's been like uh, like a tough time or something, and mm-hmm. uh, and you end up watching. Like I, I was like that with Hawaii Five O. It was like I'm gonna okay. watch Hawaii Five O every day. I'm <laughs> gonna be in Hawaii. Wow. It's gonna be all like nice and simple. It's gonna be beautiful. Uh, it's a, it's all it's all gonna be fine. And hopefully, there- and you know what? I'll tell you this too. For a show that's set, then you're like. Oh, is this going to be a lot of like weird racial stuff of, you know, <laughs> okay. ancient Chinese secret, this kind of business? No, no, none of that. It was like, it was a, it was a sharper, it was a sharper show mm. than, uh, than, than you, you would think. expect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And I guess because Hawaii has a pretty mixed population. Yes. I think that's the thing. It's yeah. like also having more than one person who is uh, of an Asian background on the show, mm-hmm. then you don't get that one character that you're like, oh, we're throwing all this on them. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, here we go. Hey, Wu. Oh, geez. Here we are. Is that uh, his name? Wu and Barney Miller? Sue. Uh, ja- uh, Jack, Sue. Jack. Was it Jack Wu? Or Jack, was... I think it's Jack Sue, actually. S-double-O. Okay. That sounds about right. And what was his character's name? No idea. I just know Wojohowitz. That's all I could tell you. Diedrich. Because when I was growing up, people would often call me Diedrich because they thought I was smart, like the character from Barney Miller. And he replaced uh, Abe Vigoda, right? 
He re- I he think did, yeah. I think he replaced yeah. Abe Bogota when mm-hmm. Abe Bogota had his spin-off series Fish. Yeah. Uh which uh, also starred Todd Bridges and this is why I can't remember normal people's names because I got this <laughs> stuff in my head. That's that's the reason why. Well, glad we went down that little road everyone. All right. And I'm going to go down a, a little bit of a dark road for just a couple of okay. for two for two bits here. Um, we have a, you have some bits attached to it. They're just life bits that okay. are worth uh, a bring a bringing okay. up, and one is uh, one is one is a bummer one, which is uh, we we had a bit of a surprise. Uh, we found out my uh, s- uh, sister's father-in-law passed away. Oh, uh, he was kind of the patriarch of yeah. the family on that yeah. side, and uh, and and we were just talking about him at Christmas. Yeah, How much fun. Yeah, here's here's what here's what went down. What because it was a surprise because you know, and we got it. I got it as a text message mm. and. And again, my sister's not going to listen to this. And again, there's no wrong way or right way to tell someone bad news. There's a wrong way. I think you found it. I think here's the one thing I would say. This is just my advice. If, Mm -hmm. say, you are breaking bad news to someone, leave the emojis out of it. (laughs) Just leave the emojis out of it. Even if they're sweet emojis, like hands praying and hearts. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Just just the information is fine. Uh, But here's... Here's, Can you send that in a separate text? I don't know. Or leave it out entirely. I, there was a bit of me that just wanted to say, I'm using a flip phone. I can't see emojis. We don't <laughs> need the emojis. I want to say it in a polite way, yeah. uh, but no, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so here's, here's, what, here's what happened. Was uh, It turns out, uh, from what I've heard, because they're very mum about this kind of stuff, mm. uh, that uh, he had cancer and oh. he passed away from cancer. Now, that's where it was a surprise to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because my father passed away from cancer, so I'm kind of familiar. And again, you're from cancer, 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 cancer's all around. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm aware when people are, are dying of cancer or have cancer. And he, he didn't present any of the signs of that. And he, he didn't want us to know. Mm. So because, because we didn't know, yeah, it was just a big surprise to us. It wasn't like, you know, like, I was expecting when she said that, it was like, oh, a heart attack or something, because he was 88. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he, he apparently he had it for a while. And, wow. And, and, and there, and there you go. It just felt, it, it felt like, first of all, it was sad because he was a, he was a sweet, he was a sweet man. Yeah. And, uh, but it also felt weird to not know, but it's too, mm-hmm. it's, it's like his, it's, it's his, his business. It's his, it's his business. Yeah. And I think it also might have been a, a, a cultural thing. Sure. Uh, that, you know, you don't want to burden, but there was a bit of me too that was like, oh, that's a bit of a drag that, you know. You couldn't say a real lasting goodbye. Like you couldn't, a, you, you couldn't this, say goodbye. Yeah. And also that I, I knew probably, I'm going to assume that, you know, clearly his son would have known, Lee would have known. Yeah. I'm not sure if my niece and my nephew knew, but mm. probably, uh, because they saw him so much. Um, that they had to kind of like, don't tell anyone about this. I'm mm. assuming that was the thing. Yeah. And it's tough carrying that kind of secret. Sure. So it's like the, you know, at least for the last couple of times we saw them, they clearly knew this mm. and didn't want to say anything. And now you're replaying everything in your head and, and what have you. But yeah, it was, uh, it was sad. And he didn't want, he didn't want a, a funeral. So mm. we're not, we're not, we're not going to be doing that. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to kind of think like what to, what to do with that, or where to put that, or yeah. what, 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 what to have you? He and his wife were together for like sixty-three years, which is just like an amazing, an amazing thing. And uh, that is amazing. Yeah, she's super sweet. She just went through like an operation uh, as well, like for a hip operation. She was waiting for like two years for this. But the nice, th- the nice thing, and again, I don't know completely okay. when things got bad. Uh, but uh, the last couple of times I saw her, she had her new hip, and she was really enjoying walking and showing okay. it off yeah, yeah. and going around and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think they got 
some good time That's near good. the near the end. So that oh, was nice. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, I'm just and I'm, my concern right now is kind of for my niece and nephew because mm-hmm. that was about the age that I lost my my grandfather as well, and okay. that's that's kind of the first death mm-hmm. in the in the family is yeah. a tough one. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, so that's going on with that. And the other thing, and this is not not as bad, uh, but uh, the, the we have a building manager here uh, who um, uh, went through uh, a. a trouble with his heart yes and uh, haven't seen him for more than a year seen him for a while yeah right well i saw him this week oh so i go into the mail uh, uh the mail center downstairs mm-hmm. and he's there and he's in his wheelchair and he's lost uh both of his legs because of the the heart thing wow. and just just above the knees okay. and and so i got to catch up with him and it was just like so nice to see him it yeah. was like so nice to see him yeah, yeah. and catch up and he's uh he's like living at uh, a hospital right now but you know he's he, he's He's, he's in, you know, recovery, and he's doing a lot of physio. And he was definitely himself, though a weaker version of himself. Yeah, like yeah. there were times where he started to like kind of fade away a little bit, and mm-hmm. he was like getting a little. But he, then, then he would come back full bore. And I just, uh, to say that he was such a popular fellow here that the coffee shop is named after him. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And there was a there was a nice kind of thing where he was talking about how. Uh, he's working towards getting the uh, prosthetic legs, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he was talking about you know how much those would cost and what have you, yeah. and how the um, he was talking to the uh, burrito place in the building, which is a, a budgie nice burritos. Budgie burritos. I always feel weird like naming places and oh, things. I'm sorry. No, that, that's Am that's giving fine. Giving too many clues. No, you're absolutely fine. Okay. That's right. No, it's it's cool. So and and they went like, oh well, if you're doing that, we'll have a fundraiser for you. And and I was like, yeah, of course, everyone in this building would like. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, and we've got, we've got a pretty good online, you know, community around us, and you yeah, know, sure. the guy was uh, guys super loved, uh, and he, he was saying how that was really really touching to him. Mm-hmm. So that was very that was nice. very very sweet. But he was talking about like his goals, which are to get the prosthetic legs, and there's some that will let you like ride a bike and stuff. And so that's his oh. big goal is wow. to get to the point where like one he can come up these stairs again, yeah. and like you know, because his place is next door yeah. to ours, and uh, and to and to ride a bike. Those are the two things that he really wants to do. Wow! Uh, but the but the but the nice thing was, uh, the night before I had gone into the mail space and there was a, a guy sleeping there mm. uh, behind an umbrella who and he was also like charging a lot of his electronic devices. He had okay. like an iPad oh, sure. and some other stuff, and okay. he was charging them. And it was like at three in the morning, and it was weird mm-hmm. that he was there. And I was like, oh, this isn't this isn't great. And I feel sorry for people, but charging your iPad. This is. <laughs> So I brought that up because the uh, guy who owns the building was there too, and all of a sudden Gene became himself and was just like, "Oh, well, we got to take care of that. Let's uh, what we're we gonna do." And it was just nice. It was just like yeah, like a, a real nice uh, sense of purpose just came over him. Like, all right, yeah. so here's what we're gonna do, and we came up with a plan for that. So that was that was cool. Nice. Yeah. Nice. The the one thing that was strange was he kept like gesturing towards you know where his legs were like mm. his, this. I don't want to say stumps, but whatever you would say. Yeah. You know, he gestured towards them, and uh, it was just like I don't want to look at your stumps. I feel like that's just too. <laughs> personal i feel like it's looking at sure. like a part of your body that i shouldn't be looking yeah. at uh but it's like okay you keep gesturing towards them and it's like here we go and it felt similar and this is a really weird thing to when sometimes yeah. a woman will gesture to something on her shirt mm. and i'm like i don't want to look at your shirt oh i do because it looks like i'm looking good for you yeah uh you i know you love I'm just, you love I'm that generous you call them uh, yeah you call them lady stumps i know <laughs> uh and My and, and it's like 
this this happened to me yeah. the other day at like a restaurant where a okay. server who I know had a sh- had a shirt on with a theater company that I used to be part of, and she kept like pointing at it and mm. pointing at it, and she was like, and the weird thing is, this is actually a hand, and this is a thumb, and this is a thing, and like I can't. I can't look at the damn thing. Huh. I'm just going to lock eye contact with you yeah. and acknowledge that like no, we're talking about this kind of thing. If they're invading your glance, so you're allowed to look. That's, that's I know you're thing. allowed to look, but, but that doesn't make me comfortable looking. I want to do something for Gene, though. I'm okay. going to I'm going to bring him a bunch of uh, Pendo's magazines from the 1970s because they're full of uh, a lot of great stuff in forum for him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You never read those ones from that time period? Oh, it's crazy. All right, go. Uh, oh, because they're just full of, they're full of all these, like, I guess because people are coming give me back the from, re- Give me the reference. I want to give you the reference because... A lot of women on bikes? No, is a, this lot one? Of, <laughs> a lot of men came back from Vietnam War damaged from the war. Okay, well, this and is... And so a, they're full. This is, okay, there's like about three major leaps <laughs> that you've made mentally that I haven't, haven't been part of. There's no reason I would get that. Like, oh, you're talking about the Vietnam veterans. Of course you I are. I always make that with joke. Your no one gets that joke? No, no one gets that, gets that joke. No, oh, okay, all right. I understand what you're saying. Oh, so much. It's hilarious. Fair enough. I mean, it's just, you know, it's like a kind of a, what do you call it? An artifact of the, of the time. Sure. Just because you, you had an audience mm-hmm. and you needed to like have some sort of connection to that audience so you, you brought in this element of uh, to the stories and people went you know i never thought this would happen to me blah 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 blah. right really enjoyed the stump you know so it's full of that you're just yeah. like this is really weirdly specific now but i can see if you look at the time period why yeah, it was here's, popular here's what i think you can bring him the magazines and tell him that no, that's no, i'll just I'm give going. them to you to, to give to no, him yeah no no, no it's no, fine that's fine listen no, i think we're fine i think it's a shared glory uh-huh. yeah i'm not i'm not a glory hound Unlike some people in this room. No. And I you're think more that, a glory hole. <laughs> that is true. You're right. You have described me perfectly. Okay. You've summed it up. You know what? Mm? I thought this was going to be an emotional segment. <laughs> and by God, it took a couple of weird turns. <laughs> you're lucky I didn't say the joke I thought of during one of the stories. We are. We are very lucky. If you want to know what that joke is, you write to Dave yeah, I'll tell you at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. And he will send private. you a secret message telling you yeah. the joke he wouldn't tell. <laughs> And all you need That's to do to get that joke is write us and send a pair of shoes to Dave. <laughs> do you hear that joke? That's right. The inappropriate joke that Dave resisted yep. for once. For once in my life, I did not make that. I was uh, talking to someone at... Uh, <laughs> at your church, tribunal. Church last night. <laughs> human rights tribunal. <laughs> at church last night. Uh, There's a couple there. This, this man had been brought in uh, as, a, to, as the homilist to do the sermon uh, this week. Um, what is a homilist? The person who does the sermon. Very good. The sermon is a homily. All right. And so he was brought in to uh, do the sermon, and our priest did not do it this week for whatever reason. Maybe he just wanted a fresh, so fresh didn't voice. didn't do the fresh... uh, homily. So that's an anomaly. That is an anomaly for the priest not to do the, the homily. homily. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So normally, yeah. he does the homily. But is there any an comedy in the homily? Sometimes. Or is that an anomaly? It's often... that is a, No, I wouldn't <laughs> say it's an anomaly, but it's also... It's also, often... <laughs> oh, I can't think of a word for it. Anyway, so we were talking. We were talking at the table, and um, they mentioned that they lived in Mission, and so then the Mission and Mission came up, and we mentioned what a beautiful view that Mission has because it does have a beautiful view. If you've ever gone to the Mission and Mission, okay, and you walk, there's a path that you walk to, and it takes you to a kind of a cliff, okay. and you can look out over Mission, over the Fraser River, onto the Abbotsford side where all the beautiful dairy farms are. Okay, it's a so great view. So, what position view. do you have to be in to see that from the Mission? Have to be the Mission position. Missionary position is probably the best well, position. Well, of course, to see that it. makes yeah. sense that the church yeah. would uh, support mm-hmm. that. Sure. Okay. But if you bring animals there, they often see it doggy style. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you want to know the third part of that joke, 
Once again, go to stinkydragon.com and uh, leave us a message, and uh, we'll tell you. Uh, so, so then they met, so they mentioned that, and then he mentioned like three different places that because we said we we had some visitors here last year, and we brought them there to see it. Oh, nice! And he said, "Oh, that's a great place to bring visitors." And then he also named two other places. Uh, when we do like to go to, and I can't remember what it was now for whatever reason. Then another one was Fort Langley, which is a little too commercial for me as a place to bring. Oh, if you go to the fort in Fort Langley, though, that's a great place to bring visitors. It seems like you're only going to the things that are named in the thing. Yes, of course. And so then, do you go to and meet the Prince of Prince George? Yes. Okay. Then, uh, but we also we often go to take visitors to Bridal Falls, which are between Hope and between Chilliwack and Hope. Mm. And then, if you go a little bit past Hope, there's the Othello Tunnels which were a set of tunnels that were built, built uh, in the 1800s for the Kettle Valley Railway. Oh, cool. And they were cool because they were built, uh, they, were, they were engineered by people on, by the seat of their pants hanging over the cliff and, cliffs in baskets oh. using the survey equipment. But what's amazing is they all line up perfectly. Oh, what's, wow. Yeah. Okay. What's uncool about them, of course, is all the cheap and or slave labor that was used to yeah. make them. But anyway, besides that horrible part of history, they're yeah. an impressive engineering feat. Yeah. And then, so, we, so his wife mentioned those. He said, oh, we often bring visitors to see the Othello Tunnels. You know, they'll be, oh, yeah, we always go there. And I said, and of course, then the final place, the murder pit, which we bring all our visitors to. And of course, they had the same reaction you have, which is, oh, is he joking? I don't know this person at all. Why is he bringing up a now murder gonna, pit? And now I'm going to mm-hmm. say, yep. here's, here's, here's what went through my head. Yeah. Uh, my second thing was, Dave's joking, we're having a good time. The first thing I'm thinking is, yeah. there's a place that was just called the murder pit. That's like, it's it's a fun thing yeah. that they no. called the murder pit. Not at all. Because at all. things named after horrible mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. like, we got like smashed in head buffalo jump in this sure. uh, in this country, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, well, that's clearly yeah, that's not fine. a real thing. And yeah. It's like, yeah, in fact, it is, sir. In fact, it is. So <laughs> the idea that there's a murder pit. No, well, it could be, but yeah, yeah. no, this is our murder pit. Anyway, do you have you, that? Is that in your yard, or you do you can, have it like outside of your own property? No, there's no point identifying where it is. No, that's a good say, point. You know, okay. If you want to visit it with me, oh, we can I'm go sorry. There yeah, time. of course. So the murder pit would be in mm-hmm. Pit Meadows. Just, just a meadow <laughs> full of true. murder pits. It well, Pit Meadows on its own is a murder pit. Mm-hmm. It's life, dreams go there. Yeah. And uh, people's ambitions, people's lives, yeah. end up there. It's a real murder pit. Right. But. Uh, then the other joke that I made at the same <laughs> same time with the same same group of strangers. We should, just, was, we should really just have a segment called yeah. "Jokes That Didn't Fly." <laughs> jokes that didn't fly. Yeah. Well, they fly for me. Yeah, that's the important. Mama thing. birds throwing them out of the less. nest. I could care less. Yeah. Where, where they? Where that they is fall. the mom. That is the mama bird attitude. We were talking to another uh, okay. to another lady. She asked uh, where we met, and I immediately said Tinder. <laughs> so Lisa and I became friends. So Lisa laughed at that one. She thought it was pretty good. We did not meet on Tinder. No. Nope. That's, that's the joke. Tinder, BC. <laughs> Tinder, BC. Doesn't it sound like Tinder would be a place in yeah, BC? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. It probably is. We actually, you know, ironically, yeah. we met in Tinder, BC. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Sure. Yeah. Have you ever been to Tinder? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's great. And then you're always surprised to find out it's on the island. Like, I always thought that was up north somewhere, but yeah. it's on the island. Yeah, it's on the island. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, ah. you could be a real dick. You could really get into, like, talking about all the Tinder things. And just like, I know. And, you know, the town, since the mining shut down, it's been rough. Mm-hmm. You know, well, luckily, luckily the mayor won the lottery, and then he paid for all the roads. I was like, you heard about that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know. It's the town with the mural. They painted that big mural to try and bring Absolutely. That's there. where they shoot Riverdale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. To put it out of its misery. Did I mention I've got a Riverdale thing coming up? And you did not mention it on the show. Oh, then I'm gonna mention it right now. Yeah, uh, uh, there's a, a new uh, launch of Mad Magazine coming up, mm-hmm. uh, April 17th, I think. 
and uh, I did a uh, a parody of uh, Riverdale that's okay. going to be uh, in that. Mm. So uh, if you get a chance, it's Mad Magazine number one uh, coming up. Oh, it's uh, a true relaunch. They're not even true they're, relaunch. They're, they're dropping the original numbering and everything. Yep, uh, it's because uh, it, it, it's moving from New York to L.A. I see. Uh, and so they're uh, they've still got. Uh, uh, they still, who's the, oh man, I'm feeling bad because there's so many wills in the world. William Gaines. Uh, no, no, it's not William Gaines. Who's the person that does the Mad Magazine fold ins? El Jaffe. No, is that right? Yeah. Oh, geez, who am I thinking about? I think it's Name more things. I think it's Al Jaffe, but whoever does the fold ins, those, he's still there. It's Al Jaffe. Yeah. Uh, so sorry. Sergio Aragonis is still, is still, okay. is still there. Mort Drucker? Mort Drucker passed away many years ago. Angelo Torres? Once again, you're just these. These are all people in your murder pit. Um, uh, but then there's some new schmucks like me, uh, and uh, yes. we're doing we're doing stuff. A new gang of idiots. Yeah, new gang of idiots. And Bill Morrison, who was my editor uh, at Bongo Comics for a long time, is uh, the art director, and he's got mm. such a reverence for that kind of thing and such a sure. great knowledge of history. So he's yeah. trying to combine kind of the old and the new and so there's sure. going to be tributes to old mad in in that classic mad yeah and then uh, we'll see what goes in fact the thing that i'm doing crosses over a classic mad thing that i'm not going to say yeah. uh with, uh, don't with wanna, riverdale don't want to give it away no we don't give it no we, i we don't vote for free here and it's uh five uh five dollars and 99 cents cheap that's how much it costs <laughs> five dollars and 99 cents cheap I am so old. It doesn't feel cheap. That price doesn't feel cheap. But I know. Compared to another magazine. To another magazine. Or to, so for a generation, like, it's like going to Valley Village now. When I go to Valley Village, I'm like, why is it so expensive? Like, why am I spending $2 for yeah. a paperback? These used to be a quarter. Yeah. I'm trying to buy this shirt, three shirts for a dollar. What's going on? But for someone else who goes, someone, someone younger who goes there, they're all like, oh, this is so cheap here. This is great. The records are only $2. I'm like, well, I'm not paying $2 for a record. It's insane. <laughs> I'm going to go pick up some dead man's pants. Yeah. You think that. Well, you don't know. Whenever this was the thing, my friend—you don't know—my a uh, friend of mine. Uh, you know what? Hell, I'm naming a name. Sure, I'm naming a name. Drop a name. Gary Jones. You don't might know, know him from. Uh, you might know him from Stargate. He is uh, the guy who goes Chevron, whatever encoded. He's that is, guy. Is he one of the Jones boys? Yeah, he's one of the Jones boys. Okay, uh, but not part of Jones Soda. Uh, <laughs> so he would. Uh, we used to improv together at theater sports. We used to do a show called Star Trek. He was Captain Kirk. Very good. Or Captain Quirk. Or as we did in the original run, the, for the first year, yeah, uh, he was Gary Jones. We just called ourselves by our names. Oh, is that right? S- to the point where it was weird when people would replace us, yeah. and they would take our names. Oh. I was like, just use your own name. Yeah. But it was like for some it's already, reason, it's already established. Yeah, there was one time when I had to be uh, the 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 McCoy character. Yeah. So I was uh, I was playing Sean because I was Sean McDonald. So I was Sean, yeah. and I kept talking to the guy who was playing Scotty, who was like my character, and I kept calling him Mr. Boothby. That's a weird time. <laughs> Makes no sense. Does not make any sense. Oh, it was a strange time. You but, know, it doesn't mean to say one more thing about please. Gary Jones, Mr. Gary Jones, as uh, his uh, Shatner impersonation was the first Shatner impersonation I ever saw. That you ever saw? Yeah. Like, I never saw anyone else do like that kind of... You know, bones. Why are we? Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was. Re- I thought it was really good. There's like a, I think like one stand-up who's really doing it then, and that might mm. have been uh, Kevin Pollock. Kevin Pollock was still was mm. doing it back then. Okay, and then uh, that's before like, he became a murderer. Yeah, uh, one of the usual suspects. And on Law and Order. Oh well, every comedian's a murderer on Law and Order. Really? Yeah, everyone. David Brenner. Not David Brenner. Larry Miller. 
Oh, maybe uh, I, was thinking, Jim, oh, sorry, I, was thinking, I was thinking of Larry Miller. I'm sorry, everyone. Larry Miller was who yeah. I was thinking of. Uh, yeah, Jim Gaffigan has been on like about six Kevin times. Pollack. So many people. Oh, okay. I, was, I, had mix, I had mixed up those two little people. Little guy from uh, Usual Suspects. They're not the little guy, Larry Miller. Yeah, he also, the little guy, Kevin Pollack. He also well-known for doing Christopher Walken before everyone was doing Christopher Walken. Huh. Though he did he did borrow uh, the Christopher Walken from the guy who did it on Saturday Night Live, which surprises me because that guy uh, occasionally ripped people off. Anyway, uh, so I'd be doing... Are his in- initials JM? That would be, yeah, he did uh, uh, Gasping for Airtime. He did that book. Mm, yeah, Jay Moore. Jay Moore. There mm. we are. So, uh, so I didn't know that about Jay Moore. At least once a week after Star Trek, yeah. Gary would go, come outside. And he'd take me to his car, and he would open up the trunk, and he would have bought clothing yeah. uh, from Value Village yeah. for his friends. Okay. Not to give away, but to sell. And so he would uh, he would try to sell you clothes. And uh, so we buy clothes because they're a good deal and whatever, oh, okay. but it still felt shifty. Yeah, felt weird. For sure. Um, you didn't have time to go to Valley Village yourself. You were an actor. You probably well, he, that was the thing. Like twenty three hours of the day. If to you go had in. a chance, like yeah. he would, he would t- go with you on a tour of Valley oh, Village okay. and help okay. you. But he loved going on his own and like yeah, loading yeah. up with clothes. And then he, you know, mm. I don't know if he would return. I can them. see why he liked Mike uh, Roberts so much. Yes. So a couple um, of junk hounds. Yeah. So uh, you know, but if something was too fancy, mm-hmm. you would go well. This is, a, this is a dead guy's clothes. Something happened, right? Like, you just clearly go, like, you don't just give up these clothes. These aren't clothes to go, I'm tired of this. Yeah, yeah. Po- totally fashionable clothes. Mm. No, not for me. Yeah. You know, so either, like, you go, like, well, this is a rich guy who was just, like, getting uh, more clothes. Unlikely. Uh, <laughs> more more likely, something happened. Okay. Uh, family's getting rid of the clothes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there you go. And mm. so you realize, like, man, I'm the size of a lot of dead people. Oh, that's oh, interesting to know. Yeah. Okay, good to know. My suit I was married in came from Valley Village. It, was pro- it probably was a dead person's suit. Well, that's good luck. But it's good luck to get married. It didn't rain, so that's the second best thing is, is someone died. <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, no, that was, a, that was a very nice wedding. I had long hair. It's weird. Looking at, <laughs> looking at the pictures of me, I'm like, oh. I like, I like you with long hair. Thank you. I like okay. you with long hair. Which, let's grow our hair out for we the next couple of years. <laughs> really let it go. Get, get looking weird. We don't care. Yeah, why not? You know what? I, where my hair is right now, I don't think it's that long. I'm getting cut it tomorrow, actually, because I yeah, get, I gotta cut mine too. I get a lot of uh, comments at work when my hair gets this shaggy, which is not shaggy at all, really. So I don't know if growing it out would work. Have you worn your spark shirt in public? Have you had conversations because of it? Oh, you know what? I have not. I've worn it out, but I always, this time of year, you I wear a sweater. over top. Because I'm a person yeah. who wears a shirt under a sweater. Try try wearing it outside. See what happens. Really? If you're like me, a lot of conversations. Oh, good. Yeah. That's if a- you like a lot of conversations. And you seem to. I think you, I, I think there's be more up your alley I than do, mine. Yeah, I do. I am a person who will I talk gotta to people. I got to be strategic about this because mm-hmm. I'm like, how much time do I have to get to the office? Mm. I do not have time for three conversations about my shirt, <laughs> and I'm gonna have it. And here we go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I have not. Uh, not. And they're all positive. Yet. Let me say that. They're I'm glad. I'm glad of that. Yeah. Yeah. Someone actually asked on Twitter, "Do you wear a t-shirt under a sweater?" And I just I thought that was an odd question because I thought that's question that should not go unanswered but you know that uh, i am right now do you know what film destroyed the t-shirt the undershirt i should say it's an uh, old film streetcar named desire 1930s oh it's older than streetcar named desire all right because that brought back the undershirt S- start a big star clark gable and in the film he puts down the undershirt and un- undershirt sales dropped precipitately at that time wow and i've never really recovered and i think as a as a as a form of wear that have a use 
but we and I wear them as a child, but I don't wear them as an adult. Oh, like undershirt, 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 undershirt. Yeah, not just wearing a sh- like because now instead of wearing undershirts, I basically wear like an a, just a t-shirt. Yeah, a t-shirt. Why would Which you? are way more expensive than just buying an undershirt. I guess so. Yeah, yeah it's but really, why? it's kind of kind of a silly economy. Well, to me, the idea of an undershirt is like it's a what's the what's the point of it? It's just like a thinner. It's a thinner T-shirt. So, mm-hmm. like, why doesn't you just wear a T-shirt, get the job done? It's kind cover. of like saying, why wear your underwear? There's people who don't bother wearing underwear, which to me is yeah, weird. weirdos. <laughs> They're weirdos, yeah. Right, weirdos. Yeah. Creeps. Right? Okay, go on. Creeps? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Might be insulting 25. Right. You're assuming you will never. 40. Actually, oh, you know oh, By what? the way, I'm just talking about oh. fellas right now. Yeah. You're assuming, you're assuming, yeah. and it's a nice assumption to make. So, you're assuming that in, during the course of the day, you will never get an erection. Because if you're if you're assuming <laughs> yeah. that's the case yeah. and you can guarantee that, mm-hmm. possibly maybe go with that. Yeah, you think underwear really hides it that that much? I think that it allows you to adjust things in a way that can take care of that. Whereas, mm-hmm. whereas, okay. well, are you boxers or briefs or what are you? I'm a briefs person. I'm a briefs. You're a briefs. I'm a briefs okay, person. very good. Uh, I find boxers ride up and roll under my pants. I got to go boxer briefs. When I found that out, I went, best of both worlds. Why wouldn't you do this? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I just say, knock it off. Yeah. And also, the, I, I used to be like around a I lot like, of... I like to wear underwear that I can wear under my Speedo. Very nice. Yeah. I used to be like, because uh, I do theater, and you have the guys who won't wear the underwear, and like they're changing in front of you, mm. and you're just like, well, this is unnecessary. <laughs> this is unnecessary. We all know what's going on here. Stop it. Just settle down. Knock it off, and let's let's just live our lives. Anyway, the, the film was uh, it happened one night. Oh, very good. Yeah. And what happened one night was shirt sales. <laughs> shirt sales. Undershirt sales dropped. Now I almost wore the shirt yesterday, uh, or the uh, the hoodie yesterday to a movie, and it's yeah. a movie you have seen, and we should not spoil. But let's give our opinions on uh, Isle of Dogs. Yeah, Isle of Isle of Dogs. Yeah. Did you I, get the pun? I got the pun right away. As soon as you say it, you get hear the pun. <laughs> Do you know who did not get the pun right away? Everyone else on the planet. Jeff Goldblum. Oh, really? Yeah, he didn't get it till like, well into the promotion of the movie. Uh, and then someone brought that up, and he went, oh, I love, I love dogs. I love dogs. I love dogs. Oh, I love dogs. And then, like, he didn't get it. And, and then he, he, he liked it once he uh, once he got it. It's funny. Yeah. that's some. Everyone's mind works differently, I guess. And he might have a hard time with puns. Maybe he's not a punster. So his mind doesn't make connections like that. But you enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. The movie. I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. I, I got, and film. I don't know why. I have no idea why, but I was like really weepy through it for like, why am I so weepy through this movie? Mm. But I just kept being Johnny really? I dab. And I don't I know why. Not, it was just yeah. like was hitting me on an emotional mm. level for some reason. As a dog uh, owner, you get I, I'm not a dog owner. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, you felt guilty because pers- you're a cat owner. <laughs> yeah. You no, Kobayashi. I, no, my, my goal is hopefully to get like a TV series one day so I can get a dog. Uh, <laughs> okay. But no, I thought it was like a really beautiful... What, are you going to do the Littlest Hobo <laughs> TV series you're going to have? You know what? Uh, you pro- know, we could probably get the rights to that if you really wanted them. Yeah, probably. Yeah, if we, if we could do a Kickstarter... Make sure it's clear we... that he's related to the, the no, same original no, hobo. No, that's not how it works. We he's the same original hobo. He is. That's yeah. the way it works. He's yeah. an immortal dog. Mm-hmm. He was the same dog from the 60s sure. that was in the 80s show. Yeah. Does That's it, canon, folks. Make, make that clear. Um, and from the movies. I wasn't. That's canon. I wasn't weepy at it. Did you see it at Fifth Avenue? No, because it was sold out like so crazy. So you saw it at Tinkle Town like me. Tinsel Town like me. <laughs> Sorry. Tinkle Town is what they uh, call the that, parking lot. I call it that because there was a student at Lisa's school who didn't, he didn't know what it was called. He thought it was called Tinkle Town. And I always thought that was very, a very dear thing. 
And he said it totally serious. He wasn't being like a sarcastic jerk. He actually thought it was called Tinkletown. Okay. Then try to say, uh, is it a Tink... All right. What I need you to do then yeah. is say, uh, is the movie at Tinkletown, but say it very seriously. Is the movie at Tinkletown? <laughs> you didn't take it very seriously. Excellent. That's excellent. Oh, I don't have to take it seriously. You just need to say it seriously, because yeah. I know no one who heard him say Tinkletown took it seriously. Yeah, no, no. No, he got a reaction he did not yeah. expect. Yeah, that's true. And um, then he has to go back in his head going like, how many times have I said Tinkletown? I, to be honest with you, he was a boy who, you know, he need to need to pee. He was just a he wasn't you know he wasn't like a, a super sure super student. Sure, he sure, it's okay. Part of the part of those. Kind Listen, of... that mall has been called worse. Uh, so yes, but anyway, we saw there too, and it was very busy because it is playing at, at approximately two theaters. And when I say approximately, I mean exactly two yeah. theaters. It in didn't all get, of the lower it mainland. Didn't get like uh, there was a rumor that it was like they're having a real minimal release, but that didn't happen. They got I got a wide release. It okay. did get the wide release. Well, it's, it's I would call it a semi-wide release then. Well, it got as wide a release as it was going to get for an art house movie that stopped motion well, animation about dogs. We, but we saw the Fantastic Mr. Fox at, in Langley. Yeah. Okay. We didn't get to see Isle of Dogs in Langley. Did was Fantastic Mr. Fox considered a hit? I don't know. That's the thing. I mean, that this is a movie that's following up that. So it's like looking at that, like, did I that... I think it did all I right. mean, people liked it. Yeah, I think it was... But did it... Okay, on a weekend where uh, Ready Player One is opening. Which, by the way, at... Okay, when I went to Fifth Avenue, yeah. uh, I tried to get tickets to uh, I Love Dogs. Yeah. Um, a front row only. That's the only... And it's like, no, I'm not doing that. Depends on the theater. I can take it. No, not, not at the theater okay. they had there. It was okay. ridiculous. Okay. Uh, then, then for a second, it was like, do you want to see Ready Player One? So no, we looked it no up, one does. and it was like, man, there's a lot of seats. Mm. That was like at least at least four fifths, yeah. free. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Well, then we were like, but you wrong, know what? Screw it. Crowd, Let, why don't we see? Why don't we see Black Panther in 2D? It's only in 3D. Fuck it. Let's go. So we, went, <laughs> we went to see if we could just what, get in. What night did you go? Uh, last night, which was Thursday, a Thursday, Thursday night. night. Yeah, oh, we went Wednesday. Night. Thursday before the long weekend. We took one night off church to go <laughs> to go see Yellow Dogs. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, great, great film. Really enjoyable. And uh, the usual suspects of the Wes Anderson roving theater players. Uh, it's interesting. There's some who come and I go. I thought it was George Clooney as uh, the the main mm, dog. No, but no, Brian, it was uh, Brian Cranston. Cranston. Yeah, did a great job. Really good job in that role. And uh, yeah, I do like that. There's occasional fill-in people because George Clooney only did one film with with uh, Wes Anderson. So unlike you know someone like Ed Norton who's on his what his third film or whatever with. Uh, and I'm not going to say who played the mute dog. But someone played the mute dog. Yeah, the mute poodle. Yeah. I thought that was a real cute bit in the credits there. Or a mutile. A mutile, yeah. That's very amuteling. What I what I liked about it besides most of the things, uh, <laughs> was uh, was the uh, mixing back and forth between stop motion and more traditional animation when for the went, TV screens. For yeah. TV screens, yeah, that was smart. It was just a nice little interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was an it was just an interesting thing that didn't take you out of it. Yeah, but just made you go, oh, that's uh, that's very very cool. And I just want to say that I don't think it's a kids' film. I think it's a young adult to, to adult film. Okay. I think kids would have trouble with the amount of Japanese that's in it, and the and possibly maybe they would be okay. How with, about Japanese children? Do you think they would? Japanese uh, children would be have trouble with all the English that's in it, because uh, it kind of falls between two. The dogs barking is translated into English for us, mm-hmm. but the Japanese character is Japanese is occasionally translated, but not always translated. Yeah, everyone's uh, everyone's language that they're speaking is the language that they're speaking. That's what they say. But I do like that. I do like the use of Japanese in it to make. The language barrier between the dogs and the humans mm-hmm. are also a language barrier for us. And I think that's really clever and well done. And sometimes the dogs will understand something because a word is similar. I'm mm-hmm. Like, okay, got that. Mm-hmm. I understand. I also, yeah. I like how they get on with it. 
I like how there's not a misunderstanding mm. that the dogs are immediately like, got it. All right, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the, you know, and then everyone's got their own character things and what have you. But let me let me say this. Uh, and again, I'm not spoiling anything that's in the movie. I was I was a little worried mm-hmm. when I saw uh, when I saw that there was going to be uh, something in the movie, and I went like, "Oh, is this too similar to what we're doing with the uh, Sparks?" I was like, "Oh dear, oh, okay. oh dear." But I no. could see how they would do this. And they did not. Yeah. And so, as much as I did enjoy the movie, there was a bit of me that was like, "All right, <laughs> waiting for it, waiting for the awkwardness." Here we go. Is this gonna be? Nope. Good. All right, we're You're fine. Gonna have that 28 days later, the Walking Dead moment where the film echoes something that you've been working on for two years yeah, or whatever. I'm gonna. Yeah, I can enjoy this movie more the second time I see it, which I'm sure I will. And I would love to see. The uh, actual um, uh, figures that they used. I would love to see. There is on YouTube, you can see a making of uh, oh, shows, shows yeah, them working yeah. on it. But uh, let me just say, just one more thing. When I said it's not a kid's movie, I just want to point out that I would have taken my kids to see it, though. Sure. Because would you have liked it as a kid? It's hard to say. I don't know what. I don't know. Because I would never that kind of movie would not never. Yeah, it's not a time. Watership Down. If you're th- if you're worried yeah, it's, it's going to be that, it's, it's not, not that. that. It's yeah, not yeah. an Animal Farm. Mm. It's not anything like that. But uh, I read it, Watership Down as a kid, but the the animated version of it was much more disturbing, I think, than, yeah. than the book was. And it's uh, and it's very much a Wes Anderson movie. So if you've seen Wes Anderson movies and something disturbed you in a Wes Anderson movie, it will probably be in this movie. <laughs> So just a heads up to that. And if things did not disturb you, mm-hmm. uh, imagine them happening to dogs. Does that disturb you? Well, it may disturb you. But it's basically, it's, it is a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's been everywhere. It's got all the elements. Yeah. You know, go through them. That we love. There they are. There they that are. we love and or loathe. Yeah. Everything that you see in Wes Anderson. There's been some, there's been some of the normal things that you get, which is just like, is this a problem with cultural appropriation? But almost all of the articles I've seen about that have ended with, eh, probably not. So there's no one, there's well, no one, like people bring it up, yeah. but then they're like, and, and are these things stereotypical? But then that's a tough thing too, because uh, Wes Anderson movies are, are broad. Broad, and I feel that a lot of art works in types. And so whether it's archetypes or stereotypes, I, I think that's a very difficult uh, difference to parse, yeah. you know. And, you know, it has a Japanese scriptwriter working who worked on the film. It uses Japanese actors in the roles yes. of the Japanese people. It used Japanese artists to create the art, the Japanese art that's in the film. So, or at least they used them. They they were consultants on the art that was used in the film, even if they couldn't actually do it. They mm-hmm. consulted on 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 the style and explained the intricacies right. and this and the peculiarities of Japanese art. And I feel like you know, if you're respectful of art, or respectful of culture, that you're not misappropriate i think you're using it in a in a creative way and i think to lock us into boxes that we're not allowed to hybridize cultures and to be in a creative way is very you would never have music you wouldn't have anything yeah you know and like it's... you know what yeah r&b or jazz or all kinds of music or classical music are all things that interact between folk forms and you know in classical music or people borrowing you know from folk music of different countries and things like that to create new forms like you know, let's yeah. cool it. Let's cool it a little bit. I mean, there's a difference to me between cultural appropriation, say a minstrel show, where you're doing black entertainment as white people in order to sell black entertainment to white people, mm-hmm. is diff is different in that in that way than what they're doing here. I think. Right. You know, and I think. And there's certain there's certain tropes that people have brought up. Again, I don't want to say what they are because of the the movie itself. But I don't. But almost all of the articles I've read that have been thoughtful articles on the subject have kind of wrapped up with. 
Eh, probably not. Probably this is okay. Like, like no one's no one's coming down hard of just like this shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's just it's just like uh, people going. So is it? I don't know. Well, anyway, and it's a really good movie. So mm, you know, there you go. And it's okay to bring. I mean, listen, people are going to try to find an angle on a movie regardless. Yeah. You know, so you're going to find a fine thing. Does this go too far? Will always be what every movie will will be. Uh, anything. Anything was. Is this wrong? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> We're just asking a question. I don't know. But no one seems to be hard l- l- laying down on this shouldn't have happened or shouldn't be made or what have you. Uh, so I yeah. just say calm it, people. Cool your jets. Eh. Calm it down. I don't think. I don't think. Uh, I don't think calm it. I think uh, examine it. So just like you know, if you if you, you want to check it out, check it out and go like, is it? I don't know. Say, Let's look into it. I'm nope. just going to say check it before you wreck it. That's all I'm saying. Sure. Absolutely. A lot of my friends have uh, been in Iceland recently, and I always say, check your Vic before you wreck your Vic. And they laugh heartily. No, no one laughed at it for some reason. Because you know what? Funny's money, wit is shit. <laughs> That's right. That was Mel Brooks <laughs> putting down a joke he didn't like once upon a time. <laughs> yeah, and when, he, when, when it comes down what if to it's, it, What if the wit is funny, Mel? What does that mean then? There's a little cheapness, though, the, to this, and uh, which is uh, if you want to make someone... Uh, you know, feel something, make a dog uh, go through it. And my gosh, in a movie, people will all just, because <gasps> people love dogs so much, so much. What yeah. was nice about seeing the film was seeing it with a big crowd, which I do like. Same here. And they were a respectful crowd, unlike when I saw Annihilation, when I had a very disrespectful crowd. Mm. Or at least disrespectful people right fucking behind me. I had a coughing uh, fellow behind me, which was... Well, you can't really... It's a cough. I mean, yeah, maybe don't go to the movies that night if you're going to be knowing that you're going to be coughing every thirty seconds. Okay, you know, yeah, maybe Maybe that's maybe that's the thing you do. I feel it. Yeah, okay. Who's the disrespectful one? All right, especially Um, in a movie where it's uh, things are being sick, and you're like, well, now I feel like uh, (laughs) that's a problem. Do you have snow fever, sir? Uh, He uh, or but the only problem with the film was that when we got there. Because my my wife is unable to arrive at a theater at an appropriate time mm-hmm. for a movie. Do you she, ever lie about the time just to get them there on time? No, and I've been I've thought about doing that, but that, that would be lying. No, here's what you do. Okay, here's what you do. You say we got to get there early because I want to play time play. <laughs> because because you get the free shit uh, and then go did. like, listen, no. we're losing money. Mm. We're losing money not showing up <laughs> a half hour early. Now you're not going to get there a half hour early. You're yeah. going to get there like ten minutes early. But no, you that's still, too late. Ten oh. minutes is too late. Okay. To a movie that sold out, like, like we, we knew it sold out because oh, Fifth I Avenue see, was sold out. Oh, I see. Because you're doing the general admission. Yeah, yeah. I thought like if you're doing the Fifth Avenue where you yeah, get yeah, to like no, get no, your tickets we saw it in at, advance. We saw it at Tinder or Tinseltown as well, not Tindertown. Tindertown. Is we that where you met your wife? <laughs> that's where I met my wife. <laughs> so we got seats. At oh one... no, I went to Tinkletown by mistake. I swiped wrong. I swiped so wrong. <laughs> Tinkler. Uh, our seats were right by the door. Not by the door, but right by the hallway from the door. Mm-hmm. And so everyone who came in late stood in front of us to look vainly around the theater for seats. We may have sat in the same seats. Oh, really? Yeah, we were like right by the door, but like uh, second second up. Oh, Not we were, like the we low. Were right, we were right at the, right we were the aisle. Right there, yeah. Right at the aisle, yeah. So everyone walked in. They stood oh. there. Oh, and you're late. standing some Because it's bitches. Vancouver. Yeah. No dude, one can come on you, time you, for anything. Uh, back up a little bit by yeah. the wall. You can still see where everything is. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, they don't so care. disturbing. They don't care. So yeah, that was the only negative to having like a big crowd of people. But I love being in a big crowd. With but people. you can stretch out your legs when they laugh. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's why I sat there. When they laugh and when they, uh, you know, 
you know, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. And if you stretch your legs, people will trip over them when they're coming in late. It's also good. <laughs> I also like the middle. Oh, sorry, uh, man. I like the middle area there because you got the, um, the the metal kind of bars there, and you can mm. like put your legs up on those. Yeah, bars. those are nice too. Ah, oh, it's nice. <laughs> Pretty good. But as you know, I have a knee injury, so I have to stretch my legs. Out. Oh, okay. I can't sit with them folded for forever. It's better than it used to be, but I can. I have to do have to occasionally. Stretch out my leg. Okay. Well, if you want a new leg, we're going to be looking into getting some new legs for, uh, for Gene, other yeah. friends. So if there's one that he doesn't like and he's got a spare. <laughs> Pass it my way. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll get you a nice uh, nice new shiny knee. Actually, it's funny because Lisa, uh, a fellow horse person who... They're called centaurs, Dave. Cent- they prefer fellow, to be called centaurs. Fellow centaur. She fell, she fell off a ladder and broke her leg. Oh. Her lower leg. And then she uh, was had a bunch of pins in it, and the doctor told her to take it easy, don't do anything. Right. And then she didn't. She did something uh, very physical okay. and mashed it up again. Oh lord! The doctor said, "Well, we're just going to cut it off now. There's nothing mm. we can, nothing you can do about this mess." So yeah, she had it amputated yesterday, I think. Oh, poor thing. Which sounds terrible, but I think at the time you're kind of like, "Well, that sounds terrible," but then you're like, "Well, I guess it's better than what what she was living with, though." So I guess this is an improvement. I mean, people can live with with a prosthetic foot or whatever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, and I got to say one thing. Better let, than pain. Let me just say who uh, Gene said were, were fantastic through this whole thing. Uh, the war amps. Oh, really? Yes. Apparently once something like this happens where you lose a limb, yeah. they're on it. Nice. They're on it. No bullshit. They're on it. They, they, they're they not like, fill this out. Make sure you trip a pit and we gotta, we'll give you a couple of weeks. And it's just like, all right, boom, right right to it. And it was uh, so you, good for you, Warren. Let me just say, do you know why that works? What's you know that? why they work that way? Because they're old-fashioned. It's Could not be. a newfangled thing with a lot of garbage in, in the yeah. middle of it. It's just a bunch of old guys. I, I still buy the war amps, uh, the little uh, key, key, pops. key thing that uh, if you lose your keys, someone can pop it in the mail and they return it to you. Right. So yeah. Well, uh, what they do is okay. Here's the thing: if you get, if you've ever had that happen where you lose your keys yes. and you give it to the war amps, yeah. what they do is when you're out, they come in and they make everything in your house old timey. Why? They just break in because they've got their key <laughs> and they because they know where you live. So they come in and they yeah. like give you an old timey TV and yeah. radio, take your computer sure. out, and they're just like, "This is the way it should be." Uh, yeah. You make them sound not so. Great. They give you a big stack of penthouses. Oh, uh, with all the wait a second, uh, with all the <laughs> so, wheelchair uh, porn, reference, reference, yeah, <laughs> amputee porn. Yep. Huh. Okay, I'll have to... Because uh, they're old-timey. They're old-timey. And they want you to be, too. Sound a little... But then they also return your keys, so that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I always supported that. Um, it makes me feel good that I do that, though. Now, Because Dave... they do that for children, too. Like, right. ch- children who, uh, at, during an accident, say they're oh, 100%. Ho- hopping the rails, for instance, which kids love to do, and lose a leg in a train accident yeah. uh, or incident, they, they also get that solid gold treatment from the war ramps. Yeah, they would it's make you know. scared to death of trains with their ads. <laughs> Yep. Which should be. Good for you. Should be. You should be scared of trains. Well, hey, famous person who lost his legs in a trolley accident was Al Cap, the uh, the creator of Little Abner. Oh, is that right? Yeah. He was uh, fooling around in a trolley car and uh, fell underneath it and lost his leg. At what uh, age? As a kid, nine-year-old or whatever. So he was had artificial legs? Had one artificial leg, yeah. Oh. Like if you see him obnoxiously so when walk into the... John yeah, John Lennon. John, 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 yeah, that's all I'm thinking. Is... He, he does come in limping, yeah, and that's why, because he was missing a leg. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when John gets pissed off, he takes the leg off and throws it out the door and says, fetch. <laughs> I, hope, I hope he did. Yeah, he was really uh, was a little harsh. Because he was a real dick. Yeah. Speaking Little of, Abner was great. Yeah. But Al, Al Cap, somewhere along the line, lost his mind. Right. Which happens to cartoonists sometimes. And uh, good for Yoko Ono being in that uh, Isle of Dogs movie. Yeah, good, um, good on her. Yeah. She's on the poster, so I don't think that's a spoiler. If something's on the poster, I don't think that's a spoiler. I did not see the poster for it, so I did not know that she was You in did. No? Sir? Sir? 
I want to say to you, there's no way you missed the poster. I know it was there in the lobby of the theater. Yes, it was a gigantic... I did not look at it. A gigantic I did not thing. look at it because okay. we were late. All right. We were late-ish. Okay. And I wanted to get a seat that wasn't on the aisle near the doorway. So people were standing in front of me. Yeah. But unfortunately... Aisle of slobs. My, <laughs> because my wife does not think you should arrive at a movie until it started, uh, we were a little late. Very good. And I'm not joking about that. No, I understand. She doesn't even like trailers. This is not. Uh, this is none of my business, and I shouldn't comment on it. You can comment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's right. Do and you yeah, think of you that, don't huh? like trailers either. You don't want to see a trailer. I-, I do like to see one trailer for a film. Oh. Yeah. I want to see one trailer. I don't like if they put keep putting out more trailers. I don't want. I don't bother with that. But I'll okay. watch the one trailer. It piques my interest. Gets me excited. Like the Mission Impossible one for Mission Impossible Fallout. Well, I am looking forward to that film, and I saw the trailer for it, and I'm more. Lo- I'm even more looking forward to it. I've been trying I'm to looking forward to it more. I've been trying to meditate more and uh if I know I'm going to see a movie at night, mm-hmm. I go like, Hey, you know what's a good time for this during the seventeen car ads. Okay. And I can just like go, I'm gonna zone out and meditate mm-hmm. while this is sure. Because I know I I, I I I know them all. It's fine. I can just go uh, you know, uh, numb through them, it'll be fine. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. Now, David I'm more of a I'm more of a play on my phone person during that time period. Oh, then you would really like time play. You really got to get in there. Early. I should get on time play. Yeah. I would do really well on it. You're gonna get no. You wouldn't. Well, okay. Listen, I don't, I don't do well on the. I wouldn't do well on the goalie thing. Which okay. Well, the goal. It's not. Here's the frustrating thing. Yeah. You know when it's uh, put these movies in the order for uh, the, or what actor has been in these movies. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, choose what's the most popular answer. I got it right. You got the most popular one. Yeah. They had that one. Order these new films, and the order people wanted to see them. And yeah. I got them all correct. Okay. Here's you can tell right away by looking at it what movies are gonna be popular. I mean, the one with the Rock. Of course, yeah. that's gonna be most popular. Well, here's the horror one with the guy from the office. Of course, that's gonna be next popular. Here's where uh, it's uh, it's fun for me mm-hmm. is occasionally I will go uh, with uh, you know friend to uh, see a movie and we'll be the only ones in the movie because we see the weird fucking movies. Yes, uh, that's a good time. For and time, time play. play is going on. Yeah, and so it's like you know you get about three. Uh, choose the most popular one in the theater. Okay, <laughs> bloop bloop bloop. All the points. Yeah. There you go. That's There's nice. my name dancing up there. It's so good. <laughs> it was a frustrating one the other Not frustrating, but it was fun the mm. other day because I came into a theater where there was another person with my name. Oh. And they were confused because then, then I, I, I came in about halfway through and then I started beating them. And they thought they were doing well. And then they were really frustrated. And like by the end of it, they were looking around for like, who's the person who's like scoring? Keep my phone low. Keeping it low. <laughs> And just like eating my popcorn, looking like uh, <laughs> nothing's going on. Nice. Yeah. I like that. It's nice. very smart. Now, David, uh, this brings Ian. us to a portion in the show that we call, has David got any music for us this week? Sure do. All right. Why don't we talk about that? So for those of you that don't know what goes on with this, uh, lately Dave has been uh, accepting your request oh, for crap. a theme. Okay. A theme. What's wrong? I just realized I, f- I forgot the list at home. But I'll, I'll remember it as we go. Very good. Uh, a theme uh, for song. Okay. You don't want to do it then? No, no, we'll do we'll it. We'll wrap up the show. Then. No, no, we'll do All it. All right. So uh, Dave has a theme. Yep. And uh, and you got to get... So it would be like uh, movies with uh, islands or uh, songs with islands. Oh, that's good. There you go. Such and, as The Island by um, The Millennium. Yeah. Or uh, that uh, song by uh, Wilco, uh, whatever, uh, like Island in the Sun. Okay. Okay. Something like that. Uh, so uh, you would How about pick Island Girl. Hey, don't 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 give it away for oh, free. Sorry. Give it away for free later. <laughs> um, you would suggest one of them to let them know. Oh, I get what this is, yeah. and then Dave will give you five songs 
uh, with that theme. Sure. So uh, we have done in the past, we have done uh, uh, Cats. We have done Cats. We have done, uh, it seemed like almost a doubler on this. We did one uh, that would be the soundtrack for Sparks. Yep. Our book. More Cats. Which is More but Cats. We one cat song dog, for that. Right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, this week, David, what's going on? Well, uh, Nigel. Okay, making plans for Nigel. That's the song. Uh, what else? <laughs> Did not ask for na- the songs about his name. Oh, damn it. Okay. Uh, which is good because there's one song with, about Nigel. You just said it. You named it. Making All plans right, for fine. Nigel. A very good XTC song from the album. From the a- album, uh, I Don't Like You're Touring right. Live. Drums and Wires. Because You're I'm correct. scared of uh, singing in public. That was the name of the song. Yeah. Uh, album. I, I actually prefer to call that album. Peacock. I Don't Like Singing Live because I'm a control freak. Oh. Anyway... Strong opinions. Strong. I, I'm a full of strong opinions. So, strong off the topic opinions. So you could <laughs> you you could do. It's not a, never off the topic, sir. You could do. Speaking of fudge, uh, you could do a car song. You could do car songs. Are we doing car songs? Yes. This is what Nigel wanted to do. All right. He wanted to do car songs. So all his by the cars. His yes, that's right. <laughs> Candio is the only one I know. The uh, is that a song by them? That's a song by them, right? Candio. Oh boy. Uh, who's gonna drive you home? That's 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 that's. That a seems song. really a, too obvious a song for someone to call the cars to do. Let me tell you something about that though, really briefly. Sure. Which is, I had a girlfriend who thought this is a terrible song. Uh, what what a terrible message! And it's yeah. it's it's and she didn't realize it was about. Can I steal who, this? Sure. Who's going to drive you home? As in, like drive you home. She thought it was a sexual thing. This is like who's going to drive you home tonight? Oh. As in, like plow you sexually. That was and a she, golf golf thing. Yes, it was a, a songs about golf. Oh boy. Theme to Caddyshack, the end. Theme to Happy Gilmore, the end. That's all. That's all you got. That's all. Those are the only golf movies. Wait, Tin Cup. Theme, theme to Tin Cup, the end. <laughs> There's probably other ones. How other about... golf movies, go. Other golf other golf movies or other yeah. golf songs? Sure, other golf songs, sure. I'm sure there's golf songs out there. Take uh, me out... T for two? T, T for two. <laughs> Take me out to the golf game. Uh, did you say Caddyshack? Yeah. Darn it. Um, how about the theme song to the movie The Caddy, the Jerry Lewis film? Okay. Okay, so the first song that we're gonna do, uh it's actually this is actually handy because well it's not even handy, it's just it's maybe maybe it's not handy because I, I have two songs on here by bands that we've already used and I normally when I do things like this I like to have like try and make it so that it's a you know, broad list, it doesn't repeat things sure. stuff like that. But but the way I went with this, because you can go two ways with a car with a car list. One, you can have celebratory songs about how great cars are. Okay. Or you can have songs that are kind of ironic, ironic celebrations of the car. And so me being me, I went with more of the ironic celebration of the car. Okay. So a lot of the Pixar Cars songs from the movies. No. Pixar Cars. Are those movies. ironic? I would assume so. Why? You know, have to be. <laughs> okay. Now, these are more songs that kind of comment on car culture in ways that comment on sort of the unhealthiness aspects oh, of, of car culture. all right. Culture. Okay, that's your angle. Or maybe take take car culture and sort of take it to the nth degree. Maybe maybe overplay the symbolism of car of the car okay. in songs. So, the first song I start with and these are in no order. These are in no particular order as usual. The first song we're going to start with It's like a demolition with, derby. The cars are just racing all, they're racing all around right the place. Yeah, they're not no one's in the lead. Yep. No one's got pole position. No, but smash up derby is fun. Everyone knows that. <laughs> So that's one of the cars, that's one of the songs I chose. This, the theme, theme to the, the jingle to Smash Up Derby. Do you remember that? I, uh, I just remember Smash Up Derby is fun. I, remember that. <laughs> I had Smash Up Derby as a kid. You lucky son of a bitch. It was a lot of fun. It's pretty good. It was pretty good. They, I mean, were, they were right. It was fun. It was a little repetitive after a while, but. How has yeah. that not been made into a video game? Hmm. It's a good question. Yeah. 
good question. So uh, this this is a song by a band that I like a lot uh, called Prefab Sprout. We've already played a song oh, by them. Oh, wow. We're getting a lot of Prefab Sprout. We are getting a lot of Prefab Sprout because I like that band so much. Sorry, everyone. Uh, I particularly like the early period. I'm less fond of their later synthy selves. Okay. Because I'm not a huge fan of synth synthesizers and music i prefer a more organic sound okay. to, to songs i don't mind like synths being used in songs but i want them to be a part of the bed of sound right. and you really hate acoustic... that frank miller uh, comic synth city very much so you're right that's right frank miller i was going to try and think of a way to say frank mooger but would, were you but it didn't no, really thank work. god you didn't it didn't work at all really thrown frank, this off. frank moogler uh <laughs> so prefab sprout um this is actually from their later period from their more kind of synthy songs. And it's from their album, uh, From Langley Park to Memphis, that had the song from, that also had the song uh, King of Rock and Roll on it. Very nice. That's used in Spaced, that great episode of Spaced. If you haven't have. uh, watched Spaced, especially the first season, watch that. You should watch it. It's a very good episode. Yep. Hot Dog, Jumping Frog. Albuquerque. Have a Cookie. No, not at all. <laughs> so here is, I'm gonna, here is, uh, we'll just play it now. And you can hear the ironic commentary. I had the single for this as well. I had the 12-inch single for this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it had a picture of a Bruce Springsteen-like matchstick with its with the head blazing on it with a guitar, like a, like a Telecaster guitar, like Springsteen plays. But it had been lit, so it's like this kind of Springsteen-looking match on fire and for the song Cars and Girls. So it obviously had a Springsteen connection for Patty McAleen. Uh, he may have started to try and write like a whole series of songs about cars, which was his uh, thing he liked to do. Okay. Uh, but he maybe just ended up with this one song as his favorite that tells all about uh, Cars and Girls. So let's listen Sounds to that. Good. Up the way it did when we were young. 
So that was uh, I knew prefab. that song. You knew that song. I knew that song. Whenever I know a song, I feel delighted. I'm like, <laughs> hey, I know that one. That's I've good. got that on my computer. That's nice. Uh, yeah, it is a. It's a. And I paid for it. Damn it! Like I say, it's I, didn't, my, I didn't Napster that. You didn't business. Napster. That's nice. Uh, I paid for that too. I bought that CD when it came out. I guess. Fantastic. Uh, it almost makes up for the fact that we're playing it on this illegally. Yes. Everyone, shh. Don't don't tell anyone. Just be quiet. It's okay. I don't think it's really illegal. We're play, paying it playing it for review, for review purposes. purposes. Yeah, yeah, we're reviewing it. It's a very good song. Everyone, although it's not my favorite Prefab Sprout song, mostly because it just has that 80s sheen that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I see, and I enjoy an 80s That's... sheen, and I like being rubbed the wrong way, which happened to me a lot in the 80s. <laughs> but that's just the way the jeans fit. Yes. Should have worn underwear. <laughs> Damn it, you're right. <laughs> really hurt my Prefab Sprout. <laughs> but yeah, that was... Uh kind of a breakthrough album for them like that really put them over into like kind of the commercial mm-hmm. heyday of their career unfortunately patty McAloon uh, got um a really bad case of of tintinitis oh nuts and so he can't actually play with a band now he he can't even listen to listen to loud sounds mm. so he like he basically just makes music on his own like very quietly um and then he also had like his retinas detach um, in both his eyes, so he went blind both for a while. Both of his eyes. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> he, he was cured of that, but 
for a long time. Oh, jeez. Uh, so he put out a solo album called... Uh, I called think, Things Are Fucked. Yes. It's called I Troll the Megahertz because he just listened to like okay. radio because he couldn't do, can watch TV or anything. So he just like yeah. listen to, and so he just like kind of tune into around the world to like oh. on a sort of a ham radio. Sorry, you stuff. got me with like both your retinas yeah, detaching. Yeah. It's such a horrible, mm. oh my gosh. All right. Okay. Yeah, well, well, that's the story of that. misfortune. But yes, he uh, is an interesting person. I, and I like kind of the idea of, of answer songs, which were very popular in the 60s. To do like for someone to um you know do a song called get a job and then someone else would write a song called I got a job and stuff like that you know <laughs> shop around was had an answer by another band I can't remember the song was now but there was a lot of that in the sixties where people would write a song and then someone yeah. else would write a response to that's it funny. and that's kind of fun and this was sort of Patty McAleen's response to this sort of weird sort of car based eth- ethical system of a Bruce Springsteen world you know where born to run and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so he takes takes it and, and writes a sort of response to it. And nice. I think that's kind of cool. I doubt that Bruce Springsteen could give a shit what some guy, some British guy thought about his songs, uh, who wasn't selling as nearly as many albums as Bruce was. So Bruce is perfectly fine in his Bruce world. Bruceiana. But still kind of fun. Agreed. Uh, number four. N- number two. We're not counting down. We're not counting down. Number two. Number three. Number uh, so one. One of my one of my all time favorite bands is a, is a Canadian band called uh, Local Rabbits. Okay, who got their name, believe it or not, from the cover for Jethro Tull's album "Thick as a Brick." Explain. Which was a, on the the album itself was a fake newspaper. I do have the record at home. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll take a picture of it for people so they can Sounds see. Good. But it unfolded into a newspaper, and it was full of articles, <laughs> and some of them related to the album and 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 whatnot. But one of the articles was it just said. A local rabbit and had a picture of this rabbit <laughs> who's related to one of the articles. And so they saw that and thought it was funny. And so they took the, took that and made their name Local Rabbits. So they were uh, friends with Sloan, another great Canadian band. And they, um, their first album was produced by, uh, Jay, Jay from, uh, whose name has now got onto my head for Jay. Are they just known as Jay or do they have a no, last name? No, Jay has a last name, but I just can't remember his name right. right now. Sorry. I'm, I wanted to say Jay Ferguson. J.K. Rowling? But Jay Ferguson's not wrong because oh, okay. there was a guy named Jay Ferguson. I'm pretty sure he played in uh, Spirit. So why am I thinking that his name is Jay well, Ferguson? Ter- that doesn't make this any is, sense. Look, we, as we have established in previous shows, we're going to forget names. I'm going to forget a lot of names. We're older than 50. I should be able to name them all because I love that band. Yeah, but can you? I can. I've, I've forgotten the names of friends of mine recently, so don't worry about it. It's okay. We're, 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 we're oh, you'll, you'll, you will remember it. You will scream it out in like about 45 yeah, seconds. I'm sure. I'm going to say. The only way it'll Jeff, work is if you relax your brain I'm right now. I'm going to say Jay Ferguson. Just but relax anyway, your brain. No, he produced their first right. album, which had that classic thing, you know, live off the floor, which means really cheap because we just did everything live. We didn't have any tracking. So you could just do it all with one, one recording. It's very minimal. Uh, but it's a great album uh, called um, You Can't Touch This. And it's just a fantastic album. This song is not from that. This song is from their second album, which is called Basic Concept. Mm-hmm. And the song is called High School Hierarchy, and I will play it for you now. I want to explain it. What's interesting about Local Rabbits is something that you don't find in a lot of bands nowadays is that they had a sense of humor, mm. which I appreciate when bands uh, have a good time. And so this song has a bit of a bit of fun to it, a little kind of a twist, and if you listen to it carefully, you will hear the twist in, the, uh, in its tail. All right. Oh, twisted tail of a rabbit. Twisted tail of a rabbit. So sad. Here we go. Sports car of a founded reputation And the sports car you were driving Should not have cars conversation And the myth phone up by entourage Was ready for inflation You were cruising in a sports car Of a founded reputation Now the weight men 
scratched the glass roof for wrestling Gave you an opponent This opponent you were facing Was the subject of amusement And assuming he was weak The hubris peaked up at this moment Now the weight matched your class roof for wrestling Gave you an opponent Now that you've been thrown into a drag race He is closer song about uh high school humiliation sure that's for everyone i i just like the line that uh it turned out the it was a red fiero not a camaro <laughs> and if anyone knows the fiero they know what a gutless 
broken down horrible car that was wow and, uh, wow some it looks sporty some, some things you can't take back it looks sporty said and it was popular because yeah. it was cheap yeah but it had no motor of any of any capacity in okay it. And, dave's uh, dave's opinions were... on the camaro uh do not ex- <laughs> uh, reflect uh the rest of sneaky dragon oh, incorporated oh, uh, nor its divisions <laughs> or its multiplications Chick- or subtractions oh, or its multiplications either well that's right wow, any mathematical sorry. um sorry applications of uh <laughs> Of Sneaky Dragon so do not endorse so because they're math indeed. and they have no opinion artistically. Oh, okay, well. They're strictly hmm. factual. It's too bad. Number three. Number three. Definitely okay. number three, whether you're counting up or down. I'm going to. This is hump day as far as the uh, as, as the songs go. I'm going to tell you right now. Well, Dave, tell it like it is. I'm going to tell you right now. I know very little tell, about this it, band give, that I'm going to play for you. straight, Dave. What's going on? What's what's the good word? Um, I know very little about this band. In fact, I'm going to look it up. As we talk, I'm going to look it up because I, I should have done sure, this before. Sure. And let's see. Name the band, first of all. Uh, the band was called Miles Over Matter. Oh, Miles Over Matter. Okay. Well, they started off. <laughs> okay. um, they were astronauts who uh, realized that they uh, didn't like space. Mm-hmm. And they decided to form a band instead. And so they would always rehearse at NASA, pretending to be training for a mission. And then they, they didn't. They never went on that mission. And that, uh, that held the space program back like at least five years. But they did some great music. Uh, that they recorded using the NASA recording equipment. Huh. I didn't hear a word you said because I was looking at my phone. Absolutely. Kid, but I'm sorry. Uh, they also, uh, uh, they also brought a couple of the slide rule guys in there, and uh, oh, nice. they, that's how they get their percussion, was uh, the guys just slapping <laughs> just slide rules slide down. Rules yeah. Okay, well. And I, when I say I slapping their slide rules around, I'm not talking anything sexual. All right, get your minds out of the gutter. That's not what NASA's about. Uh-huh. It's about bands rehearsing okay. and faking that they're uh, astronauts. Go ahead. So this is what I'm going to say, based on what I, what I, what little I know about this band, which is basically where I know this band from is I have an anthology of kind of 80s psychedelia, okay. like 80s bands who kind of tried to revive the idea of psychedelia in the uh, in the in the 80s. There are some very good bands that came out of that. The Bevis Frond is a name that pops into my mind as a band that came out of that scene in England. This band, Miles of Over Matter, were also part of that scene. This song that I'm going to play for you in no way makes me think of of psychedelia, but. Uh, I like it because it has a very uh, upfront sexual message for you and everyone else. For me, specifically. For you, Ian, and for anyone else. I feel else. a little uncomfortable. Yeah, it's fine. It's mess- my message to you. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to have to talk to human resources about this. <laughs>
There you go. I think if you're going to have, you know, you take your car metaphor, your car is phallic right. object, and then someone's garage right. as, a, as a, a different object, and you end up with an interesting uh, visual metaphor there. Kind of like, I want to drive my train through your tunnel. Right. So if there's like a snowblower in the in the in the garage, what's mm-hmm. that a metaphor for? The snowblower in the garage is a metaphor. I don't know. So is the here's what I'm going to ask: Is the basketball hoop above the garage door the clitoris? It's uh, could be or just maybe a piercing. Could be a piercing. Could be that. Too. All right. I don't know. Is it an automatic garage door opener or is it? Uh, who's got? <laughs> no, control? it's manual. It still takes some work. Okay. The weird thing to me. Is does he have his own garage then as well, or does he just park on the street himself? Because normally you'd be parking in your own garage. I understand you're parking in a stranger's garage. Yeah. One, I'm assuming she does not have her own vehicle because you'd have to move that out. No, no. In she order only has. To have... She only has a garage. She only has a garage. Yeah, that's all she has. Well, she she's clearly got boxes in there and uh, oh no, some, not some other stuff. It's an empty garage. It's who's got an empty garage? That's serial I'm killer just, bullshit. I'm just... She's got a freezer at least in there, right? Just, who uses freezers nowadays? People who want meat buy yeah, some bulk a, meat. She has a fridge. She a house. vegetarian? She, no, she has a fridge. She's got a fridge. So what's in her garage? Just some stuff. Yeah, what? I mean, there's box in there, but you know. Yeah, well, room. then there's boxes in there. She has bicycle parking. Uh, okay, so, you know, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And now you're yeah. acting like the, that was craziness. <laughs> Didn't say you're, it was now crazy. you're completely on board with what I was laying down. I'm completely down. on board with you now. Completely on board. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it came up. Yeah. All right. How you feel? You seem really angry. I hope angry. she's got like one of those strings with the uh, with a tennis ball on it, so yeah. the car knows if it's gone too far. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a strange garage. When, he doesn't know his way around yeah, in there. Yeah. He doesn't know how. <laughs> when, the, when the balls hit, you know you've gone too far. Strange garage. Anyway, you know what, folks? Yeah. This next song I'm going to play for you, I have no idea what it is. Because as I explained to you in, uh, off mic, I... Uh, don't care about the show. I don't, it's not that I don't care about the show. I, I had written down... Like, I have a list of, of, of songs on my phone. Yeah, there's no way you could remember five things. No, I have trouble remembering anything. That's very good. And so I, uh, I had made a, I had made a list in a booklet, okay. in a little notepad that I have at home, and I forgot, and I, and I thought, well, I don't need that because I, I, I have all my lists also on my phone. Right. Turns out that's not true. I don't have that list. Okay, I'm gonna guess. Should have taken is. a picture of it. Route 66. No, no. Route 66, Route 66 is a celebration of driving. These none of these songs are a celebration of driving. Okay. Unless parking your car in someone's garage is a celebration of driving. Celebration that the driving's over. Celebration of that there's going to be some driving. In the garage? Well, How big is her garage? I think, just, I think we've established the metaphor. We don't need to go any further. Okay. And, and, and uh, who but, wrote Route 66? Uh, don't tell me, because his name is Bobby Troop. Thank you. Who is in, on, in MASH. Sir. He was? Sir, I'm so sad. He was in MASH. Okay, but that's not where we know him from. I know, he's an emergency. Very good. As Dr. Early. There we go. Right. And when he, in his bedside manner, they went early to bed, early to rise. Makes a man get some kicks on Route 66. Right. It's very complicated. Thanks so anyway, we're going to play this song. That you don't know. I don't know it's it. It's a mystery song. It's a mystery song. I, don't even, like, I have no comments on it after we play it. I hope you enjoy it. Man, I wish I could remember what it was. Uh, it was you know, it's kind, of it kind of a goof. All these songs have been a bit of a goof today. Baby, you can drive my car. That's more of a celebration once again, but although in this song she doesn't have a car, mm. so it's not really a car song. It's more of a more of a uh, t- car tease song, I guess. <laughs> Very you know. good. Sort of a, all right, so we'll play this song. I don't know what it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm disorganized as usual. Here we go.
I, I wish I could say something about that song. Wow, so many racial slurs. I wish I could remember. I it. mean, they were metaphors, clearly, but metaphorical they were, racial slurs. We didn't listen to the song. That's what we're saying. Well, yeah, we didn't hear it. So I, I don't know what I can't remember what it was. Pretty good though, huh? Was not bad. I'm going to assume Dave didn't put a song in that he didn't like. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. No, it's a song I like. Uh, and I, I just and yeah. Okay. Anyway. You know what? What more needs to be said about that? About that song. Nothing. That hasn't already been said. That hasn't already been said by other people other than us. In song and story. In song and story. Maybe I'll remember it before the end of the show. I sure. Though. Um, so this song is uh, comes from the late 70s. I feel like I'm really kind of circling around the 80s here. I've had okay. Prefab Sprout 80s. I've had Miles Over Matter 80s. I don't know when that last song was from. I'm hoping it was from the 60s because I haven't really done a lot from the 60s so far. But this song is not from the 60s. This song is from the late 70s. Mm-hmm. It's a Dave Edmonds song from his album... I can't remember what the album's called now. Sorry. I could look it up because it's on my phone. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, it was, uh, but it was done during that time period when he was working with Nick Lowe and they were rock pile and it was him and Billy Bremner and, uh, and, uh, Terry, Terry something or other who, and they all kind of made up rock pile and, and they all kind of, and they all played on each other's albums. So they like, they did rock pile as a thing and they did, they did, uh, and then they would just, you know, so then, Nicolo's like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do a record. I'm gonna do Labor of of Love. And they're gonna be like, or Labor of Lust. And we're gonna be like, we're mm-hmm. we're behind you. We'll back you on that one, you know. And then then Dave Evans, I'm gonna do an album. I'm gonna do this <laughs> album. And they're like, we'll back you on that one. And so that they're all kind of played oh, on nice. each other okay. for a while. And then they got mad at each other as bands do. As and, you do. And then they broke up. Yeah. It's an inevitable part of being in a band as people disagree. Yeah. Uh, Dave Edmonds' objection to Nicolo was so strange to me though, which was his objection was that Nicolo would leave out a part of the song that should be there. And it always bothered Dave Edmonds that he would do that when, when he was producing a song. Mm-hmm. And Nicolo always felt like, just leave something out and the audience will kind of it make them want more. Whereas Dave Edmonds, you weren't giving them everything you could. Yeah. And that was a big conflict between them. That's an interesting philosophical uh Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's play this song, which is a celebration mm-hmm. of not being a very good driver or human being for that, for that matter. Let's listen.
So yeah, that's a song about bad behavior while mm -hmm. driving. So you know, you can have your celebrations of driving in a car, and then you can have your uh, the those sort of people. Who there so we go. Irresponsible, irresponsible driving. Everyone, let's celebrate it. Right. But what a great band, though. I love their I love the sound that they had with yeah, that little driving. Yeah, that's a good sound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Billy Bremner, who played in Rockpile and on those albums, he also played um, with the Pretenders for a while. He did that beautiful guitar on uh, Chain on uh, Chain Gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that is that's a great guitar. part. Yeah. That was a nice variety of songs, except for the one that we didn't get to listen to. But I'm but sure wait you a second. all listened to. Yeah. I wanted to do one bonus one. Oh, this is Dave. Uh, here we go. Because to me, this is the sum summation of, of this car songs. This is the songs. spare tire that's this in is, the trunk that this, you didn't expect. This is the, yeah, this is the spare tire that you didn't expect. This is the summation of the sort of, uh, the car song Ne Plus Ultra, this song. There's no need for French, Dave. There's always need for French. All right. So this chanson is uh, oh, a little... No, what? we're really going French now, are we? Are <laughs> we, we going all in? All in. Uh, so the, uh, now... This is a song by a band I played before. I do like this band a lot. It's called Prefab Sprout. This, band is, <laughs> no, it's not, it's not, this time it's not Prefab Sprout. It's no fun. Okay. This song is from very early on in their career. This song is from 1974. Okay. So I imagine they were still in high school when they did this song, uh, or at least just nearing the end of their high school careers. So they were probably playing this in class. They were, they were, were asked it, to go to the yeah. front and uh, do Play a math problem. They went, yeah, before we do that, we do one, two, three, three four. four. Come on, fellas. <laughs> To offend everyone, so um, yeah, they did a they did an album uh, because you know like my experience of No Fun is from the cassettes that I bought when I was a teenager, uh, Ghost Paper Boy and Robin's Gay Trailer Park being one of my favorites, and then Snivel, of course. And they did other ones, New Switcheroo and, and Night Smells Like a Dog, but the ones that I missed were like they did all these cassette tape ones in the seventies that they didn't really release or that they just kind of did small runs of for for friends and things like that. So stuff like tents past and uh i can't remember there's other ones i think ah i don't want to don't want to name them uh, wait oh, ip, dup, up, uh, forget it um <laughs> i almost re i almost remembered it and then left my hand again yep but anyway by the way there'll be more of this stuff as we get older the, the first one was called uh, the awful truth that's what it was that's what one of their albums was called right. they named it after a song but then uh there was a their very first album was just called no fun and it's basically recorded it as sparely as you could, just them playing into a cassette recorder, and you know, and what you got was what you got. And yet, I think it's great that young guys, young kids, a couple of guys just doing their thing, uh, were savvy enough to recognize like the kind of the underlying message of all car songs, and then take that and then make it into this song. Well, let's give it a listen. Suck on my heart. 
Sound was crude, and the yeah. song was crude. Yeah. Anyway, so human resources uh, asked me <laughs> to give you this. You just read it at your leisure, okay? And we'll uh, we'll see if the show's happening next week. Uh, okay. 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 And this is not personal. This is just to make things a safe environment. Mm, a safe but, environment. Uh, yeah. But it was a very fun song. You've, you've I'm felt... sorry, it might have ended the show. <laughs> yeah, I just I think it's kind of you know obviously they. Having, having a good time. This teenage, sure. Teenage boys having They're some young, fun. Having a good time. Having a good time. But I remember that I didn't yeah, realize it was that old. It's a good old. song, though. It is fun. Yeah. Uh, they used to play it in their live heyday. Yeah, absolutely. Be, and, that's a danceable song. And it was a lot of fun uh, live. Uh, I just, you know, and when you, like I say, as the kind of the Naples Ultra, like summation of, of what car songs are really about, I don't think you could beat it. There you go. You can't beat it into a cocked hat. And I'm sorry, I still cannot remember the the, okay. the mystery song. But everyone I, I hope everyone enjoyed it. Yeah, everyone's listened to it. So I hope they, they know what it is. So, They've uh, also read the description. Mm. And there you are. Yeah, I'll put more of a description. Maybe now, if you want uh, Dave to do this with uh, a theme you've come up with, then yep. you know what to do. You give us a little... Uh, I'll give you the info at the end. But yeah, uh, let them know your theme and then give a song that's in that theme mm-hmm. to give us an example. You might get five songs. You might get six songs. You might get Dave forgetting one of the songs. You might get him <laughs> feeling bad about that. Uh, uh, but you're going to get some interesting information. So there we go, and there we go. Just so you know, next week's are on my phone already. Very good. So not next week. Now, Dave, before... What do you we, say not next week? Well, then not, you will not get... Nec- if you Oh, you won't get theme, the disaster You will week. not... next. Say you go like, hey, I want boats. And then next yeah. week will not be boats because no, we've no. already got we next got, week. We have... Uh, but well, in a, the future. Now, Dave, before we wrap up, uh, there's... Uh, speaking of music... There was music, a Beatles music, music. controversy on Jeopardy this week. Are you familiar with oh, this? Oh, no, not at all. Very good. All right. So there was As a, you know, I'm a world-renowned Beatles expert, so the I think it's fi- time that Yeah, you the were... final Jeopardy uh, mm-hmm. thing was the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was... Uh, sorry. The final Jeopardy uh, category was 1960s number one songs. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Strawberry Fields was not a number one song. So here we go. This was uh, this was the question. First of all, please give me the answer to okay. it. And with uh, the correct question, as in like... Oh, okay. In the form of question. Okay. Man, it's put me on the spot. All right, here we go. Okay. 
Complaints about heavy workloads inspired the titles of two songs by this group. Number one hits, seven months apart. Heavy loads. Well, Hey Jude would be one, I suppose. You carry that load on your shoulder. Is that right? Complaints Sorry, about is... heavy workloads inspired the titles of two songs by this group. Oh, maybe I'm thinking too, too late. Number one uh, uh, hits, seven yeah. months apart. <sighs> heavy workloads. Hard day's night. There you go. That's one of them. And it'd be very quiet so that it's silence. Oh, no, you're not helping me. Heavy workloads. Seven months apart. Help? No, I don't know. I can't think of it. They're both number ones. Oh, man. All right, David. So this is for all the money. And you've written down two things. We're going to have to get two things from you. What is the first one? Please put it in the form of a question. Once again, complaints about heavy workloads inspired the titles of two songs by this group. Number one hits seven months apart. And so the group, of course, with the Beatles, you know that. What's the first song? What is Hard Day's Night? That is correct. And David, for all the money, what is the second song? Seven months later, this song, another number one hit. Uh, for them about a heavy workload. Number one hit about a heavy workload. Well, sorry. We can, no, no. Let's sorry. get it technically right because this okay. is where the controversy lies. Yeah. Complaints mm. about heavy workloads oh, complaints about heavy workloads. inspired the titles okay. of two songs. So you've got A Hard Day's Night. And what's the other one? Complaint about a heavy workload inspired the title. Hmm. I, I don't know. I can't think of any songs. Of... So you're going to give up on that one? Well, I'll just, I'll just throw out... I don't know. We can work it out. We can work it out. I'm so sorry, yeah, David. Okay. I'm so sorry. That's going to cost you the car. And, the, and we're going to have to... And everything. I would, I, and I bet everything. We're going to have to take away I, your turtle. I always throw, I always throw, I always throw everything that in. That will be pretty. eight days a week. Oh, okay. Now... But that doesn't song, sing about, talk about a heavy workload. There you go. This is the controversy. The controversy uh, uh, goes with uh, that the song... Yeah, people went, no, that's about love. And you got to have a love, babe, uh, eight days a week. But yeah. the song was inspired by a cab driver who said he worked so hard yeah it was like he was working eight days a week uh, I so see. there's the little technical point was uh, complaints about heavy workloads inspired the titles i see the songs aren't necessarily about heavy workloads people lost their minds mm. about that so uh. there's a lot of complaints uh to jeopardy about that this week well they didn't say inspired by and i could see that my problem with it is that because i can't, i don't look at the beatles through an american prism I don't grow up at that time period. I look mm-hmm. at everything through the br- British releases, and eight days, uh, hard, or sorry, eight days a week was never released as a single in England. Ah. It was just an album track, so I don't think about it as a single. And so it didn't really. Wouldn't reach that be one. terrible if you had lost Jeopardy on a Beatles question? Yeah. Oh, what a nightmare that well, would have been. Well, that's the sort of thing that happens because you you get so you tense. Know too much. You know, you get so tense about blowing it, and then your mind starts to. Yeah, to I know play too many Green Lanterns. It would really throw me off. Mm. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh, did you get it right, listeners at home? Let us know. And uh, and again, uh, please let us know a theme for Dave to do a couple songs on. We also like just to hear from you. Yeah, uh, always nice. always a treat. If you want to email us, we're at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. If you go to our website, that is sneakydragon.com, what's going to happen? We're going to have uh, the episodes up there. 
Dave will describe the episodes. Uh, you might hear that car that's revving in the background. And underneath uh, the episode, uh, there's a little message board, and we uh, have a little back and forth sometimes, which is always nice. nice. Uh, on Twitter, we are sneaky underscore dragon. We are on Tumblr, sneakydragon.tumblr, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, sneaky we're all dr- over there. Sneakydragon.russian site.tumblr. That's right. Yeah. Uh, remember to enter your credit card for our lucky draw. And uh, also, uh, both David and I are on Instagram, but that's all really just personal pictures. So look up David Dedrick yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, I'm, look at huge, Ian and I'm, I'm a really bad picture taker, so I don't uh, not on there too much. Oh, I'm sorry. That's so okay. it's only the good stuff that's on there. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So please uh, give us a, give us a little uh, rate. And here we are. And if you have a chance to give us a review on, say, an iTunes, uh, we would appreciate that too. That helps people to find us. Uh, if you could do that, that'd be great. And if you get a chance to pick up Sparks, that's also a nice thing. Unless, yes, uh, it's at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com or whatever you have. Yes, Unless uh, we are your carefully guarded secret, in which case don't review us on iTunes. Okay. I was going to go, why wouldn't they buy Sparks if we're their carefully guarded No, I was thinking about iTunes, sorry. Okay, very good. And our show. So just keep it to yourself? Keep but, it mom? If that's what they want. That's a great publicity uh, <laughs> thing, reverse psychology. Well, I mean to say this. Shut up about it is what you say. I said earlier keep that... Keep to yourself. Snitches get stitches is what we I say. I said earlier if Pierce... Snitchers get stitchers. So go on Stitcher and just <laughs> stop on, snitching. We're on Stitcher as well. Uh, I said earlier about Pierce and I said I, I'm not sure if he's still listening to the show. And I just want to make it clear to people that I am not okay with you not listening to the sh- to stop uh, to customers or I mean not customers to sneakers <laughs> listening to the show i'm not okay with that you know like even if you no longer enjoy the show i still want you to listen to it faithfully every week mm-hmm. without I, you know please don't stop listening to the show i don't want our, our meager ratings to drop anymore right my ego can only take so much battering right and some and people battering. say if you stop listening to the show uh, a curse is released mm-hmm You'll get your your landline will yeah. ring. You'll go. I don't have a landline, but it'll ring. It'll ring anyway. And uh, Dave will uh, pick it up and go. Six songs. <laughs> Supposed to be five, <laughs> but I'm giving you a bonus song. And I'll be <laughs> honest, I've forgotten one of them. <laughs> and that's how that goes. Oh, it's so true. It is so true. That's okay. So dumb. Listen, we're getting more and more things in our noodles every day, and stuff. Some some stuff's going to get pushed out. That's fine. Just looking at it before I left the house today, too. All right. Uh, the alarms are going off. It's time for us to skedaddle. Hope you have a lovely Easter if you celebrate. If you're celebrating Passover, hope you have a lovely one of those. If you're celebrating April Fool's Day, uh, uh, hell with that. I don't care for that very much. Don't like it. Do not care for it. Uh, if it's your first day of rent, uh, hope you can pay it. Hope that's working out for you. And uh, we wish you the best. I've been Ian. I've been David. And that has been Sneaky Dragon. Another damn episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Take a drink, everyone. Well, how embarrassing that I could not remember song number four when we'd already mentioned it, when Ian made his current favorite joke, Making Plans for Nigel, XTC's song about Nigel, who was this week's uh, suggester of song topics. So... 
Uh, Ian made that XTC joke, and somehow that did not clue me into the fact that I had also chosen an XTC song for the top five car songs, and that song was XTC's English Roundabout. Uh, once again, joining that kind of ironic look at car culture, the car love of America. And you can understand why, uh, if you look at the list, there are, I think, four different songs from England on it, and then two Canadian songs, no songs from the United States. So apparently the United States is unable to look at its own call, 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 car culture. You try and say that. Its own car culture in an ironic way or in a an irreverent way. It has to be looked at with reverence and holiness because it's so important that we can drive our cars all over the place and escape our lives and drive off with the woman we love or the girl we love on our motorcycle in our hot rod in our big muscle car and we head to the in our pickup truck down to the creek with our dog and we just head to the 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 borderline. We head to the outskirts. We head to somewhere away from everyone else. And, uh, and that's kind of celebration doesn't, I don't think it really, really worked in England where it's a smaller place, more enclosed. The cars are smaller. And, you know, so that those kind of stories didn't really resonate. And so British kids heard those songs and then, you know, grew up and reflected that culture back in the United States in kind of an ironic way. And so we get songs like Park Your Car, uh, English roundabout, crawling from the wreckage, um, whatever else, what else, whatever else they played. I can't remember anymore. Obviously, high school, high school hierarchy doesn't count as part of this because they're Canadian. But once again, it's a song that doesn't really take the whole car culture thing too seriously, or at least takes it seriously, but looks at it in an in an amusing way rather than in a serious way. I wish I had my list of songs that I use, but I don't, so, so that's too bad for me. Uh, what was the other one we used? What was the other song? Oh, Cars and Girls by Prefab Sprout. Yeah, that's right. So that song, obviously, once again, someone kind of critiquing Bruce Springsteen's sort of ethical car thing, you know, his whole kind of car morality. But even better with English Roundabout. Come on, that's all. Let's, let's just give a, let's just give a little shout out to that acoustic guitar sound that they get in that song. The layered acoustic guitars. Uh, I like to think that it's all, most of them are played by Dave Gregory, the resident guitar whiz, but it might have been Andy Partridge as well. I don't know. Uh, both of them playing together, but it, you know, this that stacked layering that they get with Hugh Padham, who produced it, formerly their engineer with Steve Lillywhite on their other earlier albums, and then took over the the production. I think because XTC felt that they could kind of push them around, and that was kind of XTC stretching their Wings album as they moved as they moved to a double album with a lot of songs on it and a little bit of excess. And in fact. The double album was not released here in North America. It was released as a single album, pared down from the double album. Uh, you know, and the record company kind of decided these are the best songs. And but still, even the single album still had English Roundabout on it because that song is the bomb, as the kids say. So anyway, that's all I had to say. I just wanted to apologize for not remembering something as simple as a song I love from an album I love, English Roundabout by XTC. But anyway, I I. We'll, I guess we'll see you again next week with five, possibly six more songs on a completely separate topic. Bye, everyone.